Hey friends, it's Jace. Oh yes, it's Char. And you're tuned in to Kiss and Tell Radio. Wow, here we are again. Another week in the life. Another week, another day, another show. Another. I need to get my energy up. I've been getting body slammed. Body slammed. Metaphorically, oh, I've been okay. I've been all over the place. Oh, no, <laughs> I have been all over the place. But I mean, really what's bad new? Time or a really good one? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't hear you, but that means nothing. Oh, well, you don't want to hear me? No, I'm saying I can't. No, but that put that mic nothing. by your by your throat. By my folk. There we go. Can't so in case now. in case you all are wondering whose voice this is and you didn't read the title in the full description, this week. On this Good Friday, September the 6th, we have Jared Hill. He's an award-winning journalist and host focused on the intersections of pop culture and politics. His 18 years in media spans radio, television, print, and digital with a roster that includes the New York Times, NBC News, BuzzFeed, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, Fox, TBS, and the UK's INT. Based in Los Angeles, Jared is known most notably for one of my favorite moments in both political and pop culture history, <laughs> and that's the 2016, you're the smoking gun in the Melania Trump uh, plagiarism story when she copied off of Michelle Obama, yeah. word for word, with the Republican National Convention. Since then, he has provided perspective and analysis for CNN, MSNBC, Access Live, NBC Nightly News and many others. Today, Jarrett co-hosts a daily show, Drop the Subject on Channel Q, the first nationally syndicated LGBTQ plus FM radio station. Jarrett also contributes to a variety of prominent outlets, including the New York Times, NBC News, Variety, among others. Prior, Jarrett reported from high school. Oh, yeah. And, high school. And yeah. collegiate news outlets. Wow, you think you me. Hosted, reported, and produced for national and local news documentaries and talk shows. The Bay Area native who was named the Ebony Power named to the Ebony Power 100 in 2016 currently serves as the vice president for the National Association of Black Journalists, the Los Angeles chapter. He is fond of carbohydrates, cooking, okay. interior All design, right. and watching television. Why do you seem so more shocked? Than he I, publicly admits. Well, I was just saying to uh, welcome to the show, Jared. Thank you. Ding, Thank you. Ding. I was just saying to uh, with Travel, a friend of ours. Jace forgot the bell, guys. I put it in nice. his bag this week, so I we're going to be using. The bell. I was not reminded to bring the. We're going to be using oh, an app. That was a week ago. I'm blushing be because I was saying to Travel yesterday, like I will hear people introduce me, and I'll be like, I want to be that guy. Yeah. Because it doesn't. Oh, and you already are. It, it feel well. It feels like it doesn't feel like me. It feels like some version of me that people. Think that means you're know. accomplished and you're living listen, your dream. That's your, don't, don't they call it a brag sheet? That's your brag sheet. I don't know. Bios are very weird and they make me cringe. And I'm light enough that I can actually turn red. So mm. it just, it, you know, like a fleshy rose. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Please move on. Please move so, on. So uh, before we get into our weekend roundup, I have to wish the queen. B, a happy 38th birthday. You all know that we record this on Wednesday, so it's Wednesday, Wednesday, September 4th. Happy birthday, Beyonce. I actually filled in for Jarrett today on your show on Channel Q. I was going to say, the show has dropped this subject with Jarrett and Allie and sometimes Char, because you yeah. are our go-to uh, fill-in host. So. Yeah, and Allie, I didn't have the heart to correct her, but she definitely kept saying bae. 
today. We you played know, a lot of Beyonce oh. related. We've had an argument about this because I don't understand why people reference it's white her as people. Bay. Well, like I know plenty of black people that do it as well. It's, really? If they don't call her B, they call her Bay, and I'm like, what is that about? Like, have you ever heard her name? I've heard the argument that Hey is H E Y, but I'm like, but her name is B E Y, and, and it's enunciated exactly. Beyonce. And then like, on top of that. Key is K E Y, so you can argue H E Y right. for Hey. It's just so annoying to me. Or K E Y for Key. Her name is Beyonce, not Beyonce. We it had a never big fight was. About this. We didn't talk for a week. It never was. And, and even, okay. <laughs> but even Beyonce name her Beehive is the Beehive. B E Y H I V E. Beehive, and I'm like, what Ugh. are you talking about? It drives how, me insane. how does that make sense? I know it drives me insane as well. But yes, happy birthday, Beyonce. We also want to um, anybody listening in the areas affected by Hurricane Dorian. We all we hope that you all are staying safe. Um, and out of that storm's path, hope you evacuated. If you didn't, I hope everything is okay personally. Um, so what did you all do this weekend? Oh, this past weekend um, was really just like chilling for me. Like anytime that I have off now, I don't want to do anything. But I'm an Uber person. Like I Uber everywhere and I rented a car and I enjoyed the car so much that I kept it for the whole weekend. Oh. And so like <laughs> I, I was like, well, if I'm going to rent this car, I better drive it somewhere. Yeah. And so. I um I had like a lunch with a friend. Unlimited miles. Exactly, mm-hmm. right? So I drove to Malibu and like I had uh, lunch with a friend out there and I was Ooh, like where this at? is really at the Soho out there. Uh-huh. We talked about that like last week. Okay, yeah. Soho I, House. I'm an episode behind, don't judge. And so um mm. I did that and then I just like tried to relax and just chill and you know not do it a whole lot this weekend. It was good. What good. about you, Jace? Well, Labor Day weekend is like the unofficial end of summer. Yeah. And I've been talking about adult ass autumn for quite some time and um cause I'm, I'm tired you know i this has been You're like over hot boy summer hot boy summer has ran me over i, I feel ran through right now you've been getting body slammed i'm getting body slammed <laughs> but like doing it myself it was like a self-deprecating body slam that's work because I'm, I'm in the bed by myself okay uh, but it's been a lot of bar- barbecues parties hanging out with friends so I, i've had a great time um because this is like the first summer in probably a few years i've been single Okay. And so I've been very uninhibited with my activities. Oh. Um, and that sounds not, interesting. And not, and I, I, again, I will say this again. I said on Twitter, it's been a very dry year for Jace in the sex department. Okay. Um, but uninhibited certainly doesn't sound dry. I mean, it depends on the context. Okay. So, okay, I mean, that could mean like a barbecue, you know, clubbing. I was out <laughs> and about just dropping money I do not have okay. on rounds of cocktails I should have been drinking. So well. I'm happy that it's over. Um, I had a blast, and now it's time for me to grow up. So this is adult-ass autumn. Yeah, adult-ass autumn. It's not even it's, it's autumn like, yet, though. It's on but the way. Labor Day weekend, like Memorial Day weekend every year is like the commencement of summer. No, Memorial Day, Day, Memorial Day is the kickoff to barbecue season, and Labor Day is the end of barbecue season. Summer does not end until September 20-something. To you. Too. No, that's you. just social end we ha- of summer. We have calendars for this. We had a um, we had she a fun barbecue. I technically the next summer's like in three weeks, but my summer ends on Labor Day. She's like June twenty second is the start of summer. Summer solstice. Mm-hmm. But speaking of barbecues, we actually were at the same barbecue this weekend at um Pierre's house, which is I did not say pool party. Everyone yeah. showed up in their um. <laughs> showed up in the uh, oh. their swimwear. Anytime Pierre hosts something, I'm showing up in swimwear if the weather permits. Right, but he wanted it to be like a barbecue, but everyone like ate and then jumped in the pool. Oh, okay. I mean, it was a hundred something degrees. It was so. in the valley. Right. So the valley. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in the pool too. <laughs> 
I forgot all about that. Um, what? I'm just saying, I things have been moving so fast. I really did forget all about Labor Day. For me, um, in case you all have been living under a rock, I was featured on Keep It, mm-hmm. which is a podcast on Cricket Media hosted by Ira Madison and Louis Vertel. I think I pronounced his last name right. And we had a lot of fun. We talked Dave Chappelle's documentary. We talked a lot of different stuff. My favorite uh portion of the show was I got a chance to um, sit down and talk to Randall Park, who's an actor. He stars in Call Me Maybe, which mm. is a rom-com, the first Asian rom-com. It's on Netflix, yeah, and he if was, you haven't um, checked it out. He stars on Fresh Off the yep. Boat. He's been in a few different things. Mm-hmm. And so I got to talk to him and um, ask him about Constance Wu's tweets. Ooh, the scandal. Mm, it was good. Um, so I did this that. This that she just gave up. Was so... <laughs> no, because it was, it was good. You know, Crooked. That's what that felt like, right? No, it was good because Crooked Media really showed me a good time. Um, so shout out to that show it's everywhere you get podcasts and then um, I know that we've been talking about this damn Popeye sandwich for like a month now it mm-hmm. seems like but Wait, did both both of you haven't had it well, Jace hasn't update, I have, you have okay, yes. I had the Jace chicken sandwich that I made okay. he made a version it's, but there's no way it's as good as the Popeye it was better actually he wouldn't know because he hasn't had it well there's well, no word I, I may um, or may not have had four I heard. I don't. Oh, I don't like the tone of that. There's rumors. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> right. I like heard. Like, news. She read that on TMZ or something. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So the React channel with Fine Brothers Entertainment released the video because they ended up when I was I was kind of you know you you signed these. NDAs and stuff and so I was beating around the bush when I was like someone stood in line for an hour to get me the sandwich everybody's like ooh but it it's like man. oh yeah I definitely it, thought it, it was is a man it's producer from the network but, uh, <laughs> yo man but the way I'm telling the story is yeah. not that yeah, yeah. I mean well Shark I wasn't trade in line for her I was not trade going sandwich. I was not right. going to get on a, on a platform <laughs> I was not going to get on a platform and incriminate myself after I've already you know signed the document Listen, I'm just saying Shark I need has... all my coins Char has men out here doing her errands and favors. I body do, I do not. Risking their lives. I'm just, I because do not. Because we saw the, the gunshots that happened. What? At Popeye's. Oh, I'm sorry? What are you talking <laughs> this about? This breaking news. So I stopped getting what? shot at Popeye's. They pulled a gun out at the Popeye's. Oh, because they didn't have What's a What's that got to do with my sandwich? Because I'm saying that Trey risked their life to get you with oh. sandwich. Oh, he was doing a thing, Char. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it. I'm sorry. So, yeah, that was. Oh, that. and also, my sister's here. My sister got here. Well, one of hey. my sisters, um, I was on FaceTime with the other one yesterday, but one of my sisters uh, came for Labor Day, and so she leaves tonight. So we've been having a good time. Did you get your little time. dose of home that you've been missing since you didn't get to go no. to Chicago? No. Oh. No. I mean, it's, it's, I'm happy to have her here, and I, I'm not ready. As much as I'm ready for her to go, I'm not ready for her to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that she's leaving today, I'm yeah. like, you know, we're counting down the time. I'm like, eh, I'm not ready. It yeah. usually takes me 24 to 36 oh, hours to be me. over it with, like, family. <laughs> like, when me. I go home. 30, 24 to 36 hours I'm like okay I could go yeah my sisters both of them drive me crazy in different ways yeah. um, and we definitely had our moment on Labor Day I think I was like over her like totally over her what? but then yes <laughs> How, um, how far apart are you in age? Five years. She's older or younger? Younger. Okay, so you're the big sister. Yes. And, okay, I get that. Yes, I get that. and so mm. she was getting on my damn nerves at one point. But Speaking happy know. birthday to Tyler and to Mia and Jordan. Oh, yes, your sister, my had, sister a had a birthday. My sister had a birthday this weekend. I was going to act like I knew who those people were, and then you're like, they're my sister. Who's like, Jordan? Like, okay. Jordan, Um, he was, uh, I don't know if you ever met, you've, you've met Jordan before. 
This all like OC Chapman College people. So I don't know these. People. I know Amia and Tyler. Oh, Happy yeah. birthday, yeah. Tyler and, and Amia. Yeah. And <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> oh, so <no>. let's <laughs> let's hop into the bulletin board. We have a hot button issue before we really hop into these topics, and I'm interested in hearing you all's perspective. So let's get into that. So I wanted to start off and get this out of the way. Yes. Now, Malik Yoba, I'm sure you all have seen oh, and heard. Yes. Um, Malik Yoba is an actor. He's on New York Undercover. He's been in some Tyler Perry films. Y'all know who Malik Yoba is. He was it. in Cool Runnings. For you know, cool I'm just, Runnings I'm 90s? just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just running down his resume. So he recently um, came out and made a post Um in direct response to uh, the young man, I can't remember his last name at the moment, but his name is Reese. He ended up committing suicide. We all saw the viral video of him being verbally accosted in Philly for being in a relationship with a trans woman. And Malik in the post basically went on to say that he likes all women and including trans women. And I believe he used a term that's a that's causing up a stir online, trans attracted. Now, this mm-hmm. is not a new term, um, but it is one particularly that I have used in the past, but I have since stopped using as I've had more conversations with some of my sisters and Mm -hmm. my brothers and my Mm non-binary folks, my non-binary siblings about it. So um, last night I had an interesting discussion on Twitter where I was a little bit gaslit. But I allowed myself to be. I wanted to engage in this in this discourse because I retweeted a trans person, a trans man who disagrees with the term and I agreed with him and then as I believe the person is cis he's a cis gay man he challenged me on this um saying that I was equating it to fetishism now mm. my argument with this term is that it can and depend depending on the context that trans attracted is used it can certainly be fetishism because the way that I see it is that what is the defining Where's the bar for your trans attraction? Mm -hmm. Does trans attracted apply to, uh, let's say, trans women who are post-op, who've had their gender confirmation surgery? Or is it explicitly for for pre-op trans women? And I'm, I'm saying women because I am a trans woman, and so I'm speaking directly from my experience. Because men that have used this term around me in the past is just a nice way to put you know sugar on shit and call it a brownie because they end up being a trans chaser not sugar on shit and call it a brownie. <laughs> i mean let's keep it a hundred oh, yeah. well, and so and so i see um i wanted to note that i saw aspects of his argument but overall if you're just looking at people as people why why can't it be just attracted it has nothing to do with shame and transness for me it just is it feels a little reductive. What? Are, what? Are, what? And I want to be clear because in Malik's post, he I think he went on to say that it has nothing to do with what's in between a person's legs and da 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 da. da. And so my thing is, why can't you just say you're attracted to all women? Why does it specifically have to be this othering of trans attracted? So I never thought about the distinction of trans attracted until you started talking about it, and I thought about it and felt like, oh, it actually seems like there could be some kind of like a hypersexualization there. Mm-hmm. But I also want to uh, acknowledge and honor that I think Malik Gilbert was trying to say that he finds trans women attractive in the way that he also finds as well cis women right. attractive. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't think he was trying to do that. But I, don't, I, I obviously can't speak for him, and I don't know him. But, um, but I do see the distinction that you're making and how it could come across 
as it being sexualized because I want a trans woman and, you know, there's something that a trans woman has that a cis woman doesn't have, mm-hmm. which would seem to, you know, hypersexualize genitalia or something like that. So I, even I just that. saying, like, if you're attracted to women, for example, people don't put these these conditions on it like I'm Latina attracted. I'm Negro attracted. I'm Negress attracted. If if they just well, I across think people the board, do do that. I think people like I How I so? love black man. Mm-hmm. Oh girl, I love me a black man. And I mean, I feel like we do do that. And what is that rooted in? But that I mean. Girl, how much time do we have? Like, I'm just saying. No, but like, seriously. is that not rooted in fetishism? And uh, I'm not. Well, no, I, I don't. I don't uh, think it's fetishism when it's, it's a black context. person talking about a black person. I think it feels fetishizing when it's someone doing it with a culture that is not theirs. Like I know I for a long just time, just like it would not be the same if a trans person were saying it about another trans. Absolutely, person. absolutely. That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting. No, no, at. I completely yeah. agree with you there. I think for myself, there was a long period where like older white men would always try and holler mm-hmm. and like they there would always be like a weird moment when they'd be like you know i just really love black men yeah. and be like eh, and yeah. there we go you Same. know what i mean and it's, uh, then yeah. it's fetishized right mm-hmm. it's not just like oh you just happen to always be dating a black guy Don't which bbc exactly you want me to be this mandingo top angry mm-hmm. like surly man that's gonna like beat you down in the bedroom mm-hmm. and like we can do that, but like you also have to be able to have something else other than just being like super attracted to black guys, because mm-hmm. that that is when it starts to feel weird. Yeah. You know, um, for me, I just saw the discourse um, on the Twitter, and um, I saw both sides um, because coming from what it was rooted from with Malik um, and his post, and him trying to like stand up like, hey, like you know, I am attracted to trans women um, as well as cisgender women i saw that uh but the term trans attracted thing we're, we're focusing on and yeah no um, one's taking away from malik's yeah. intent right, 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 right. we are breaking down the, the word, word and that is what i wanted people to understand right. him, him aside, and yeah. i understand and, and, I completely and this understand. is not for but a lot think, of people this is like a newly coined term by malik but it's been here i've heard this word for years now i hadn't heard trans attracted I've heard it for yeah. years yeah, now, especially years. around like oh. 2015. Yeah. You know, yeah, but go ahead. But I think it's just the way that people word things. Like I'm, a tr- like it could definitely be fetishized. But it just I think clarifying and saying like I am attracted to all women, trans and cis, it's just rephrasing it. Yeah, because and it's better received, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's better received. I like, think it would all be, women. Even for me, if a man is like be, I'm attracted to all women, right. both trans and cis, mm-hmm. I'm going to hear that differently than if he specifically tells me I'm trans. Right, I'm trans attracted. And you could be trans attracted. And also love all women, but you like. I think people want to. Some people, I should say, once that they they are also into trans women, or they also like trans women. Mm-hmm. But that is, I guess, a rarity when it comes to like talking about it on a large scale. And so that's what they kind of focus on. Yeah. So that could be that could have been that. a conversation. And as I well. don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like I'm being nitpicky, but language matters. No, the, I get the way it. that things matter, and it, it was odd because it felt like uh, what happened on Twitter. Like someone was trying to argue with me as a trans person right. about my own lived experiences, and that's where the <laughs> that's where the gaslighty uh, aspect of it. Because it's like, who who are you to challenge me on my? I, I walk in these shoes yeah. every day. I deal with, in particular, cis 
men every day in some capacity. So um, I just wanted to to get you all's perspective on that because I'm not in any way equating, I'm not automatically equating trans attracted with fetishism, but I'm saying in the context that it's used, it can be. And in my lived experience, a lot of nine times out of 10, matter of fact, I'd venture to say 10 times out of 10 in my own lived experience, any man that has branded himself as trans attracted has been in my face, has been in my sister's face, has been in my other sister's mm. face like we can all come around mm. a table and, and be like list. oh mm-hmm. you know him too yeah. mm-hmm. I, very season one of pose when blanca thought she had mm-hmm. found herself a little boo thing and yeah. they were in the clothing store and everybody was like oh yeah we, Girl, we, too. All, been, we all had a piece of that <laughs> and it boils down i've been challenging people because it boils down to me um what like i like i mentioned earlier what does that mean what is the bar for trans attraction? Does that same rule apply to uh, trans women in particular who are, are post-op, who are still trans? Are you right. then now still right. trans attracted? Like, or they have the, the, the pretty privilege or the passing privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if they don't have that, are you still trans attracted right. and all that? So similarly it's a to, lot of components that go into it that, yeah. that makes me do the all roads lead to fetish? Well, well, no, I think to, to the point that you made earlier about whether or not people feel the, um, that, that about like, oh, I'm attracted to black guys. 10 times out of 10, when I hear that from a white man, it immediately feels fetish. It mm-hmm. feels like I'm being fetishized. Same. Yeah. Whether or not that is the case is a, probably a different conversation, but that's right. how it feels. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Right. And I think people just need to date who are they like people in general. Yeah. Like you like what you like, but like, right. like a trans person for who they are, like a cis person for who they are, not necessarily like, their genetic makeup and just, or post op and pre like just right. their people. But it boil it oftentimes boils down. Right, to but I'm that. saying what people need for trans to. people for sure. Um, so let's move on. In a race too. Let's move on. Um, so Walmart. Now, yesterday, The View came back for their 23rd season, Ooh. and Meghan McCain said something very inflammatory. Of course, they were talking about gun reform because we just had another shooting this past weekend. Someone in Texas. I don't even know. You know what? I'm ashamed to say I don't even know the full logistics of this story. Mm-hmm. I believe he got fired from his job. He was mentally ill. He was not supposed to have a gun. Like He w- was, was like traffic stop off the by, list yeah. or whatever. Like He wasn't even supposed to have access to firearms. He bought um, the gun show loophole. I believe. Yeah, and he, <laughs> you know, he shot and injured 21 people and seven people. I think seven of those 21 are dead, mm-hmm. have lost their lives. And so uh, The View returned on Tuesday and Megan McCain, as they were talking about this, she says she's not living without her guns. And uh, she also went on to emphasize that the AR-15 is the most popular gun in the nation right now. Like she mm-hmm. said this fully tone deaf Actually, in my opinion yeah. i watched it this morning as i was getting ready i was like oh the view came back yesterday and i watched it and i i was just kind of like do you hear you like what does that sound like i, I have to be wholly honest and i haven't said this out loud in front of other people but i remember waking up that morning and thinking about about guns like i'd heard something else where they were talking about mass shootings and i remember thinking like I don't think I feel anything anymore when I hear that there's been a mass mm-hmm. shooting, and I feel a way about that. Yeah, um, that I'm so desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. I think the it's last just like time another day. Something... It's kind of like wow, it's jarring for a mm-hmm. minute. Yeah, and then you go on about your day. Well, like I think the last time that I really felt something about it was Las Vegas when yeah, it was like same. so many people. Yeah, but then like they and all just kind concert. of blur together. Exactly, they all kind of blur together now, and like 
Because right after Vegas, so wasn't it frequently. the Thousand Oaks one? Or I couldn't even I... tell you which one came. Oh, the one, yeah. I the, think Vegas happened, and then like two weeks later, Thousand Oaks. Well, the... but I where Tamara like, lost her niece. A Columbine is the day after my birthday when I was like seven years old or something mm. like that, right? So it happened on April nineteenth, and I remember like that was the first time I had saw a, a, real, a mass shooting and like understood what was going on. I think on. we are. That's our first. I was time a kid, for, right? Yeah. And so, but like since then, there have been countless mass shootings and i just i don't even feel a thing about it anymore so i was thinking that when i woke up that morning and literally picked up my phone and saw the headline that said like there was another mass shooting and i was like oh my gosh same i was off social media yeah and then i saw at that time i think it was like the number six trending topic like it wasn't even it was no longer number one and i was like well what the hell is this i was happy to not have to be on the air that day because between doing drop the subject and i'm doing kcrw right now uh, every day as well and like i was glad to not have to talk about that Mm -hmm. because i feel a way about not feeling something about yeah and but like it's so common it's so every day in america every day has one word right but like It's so regular in America to see like someone mowing down a room full of people right. or dozens of people. And it's always, you know, a, a 20 something year old white man mm-hmm. who was angry about X. or planning to mow them down. Because we've, yeah, we've seen that. Right. I've seen yeah. where there have been three uh, attempts, you know, thwarted in one weekend. Yeah. And all three of their mug shots are exactly. Anglo-Saxons. But I brought up the Meghan <laughs> McCain. Um, gun story to tell you about. Have you heard about Walmart? They announced on Tuesday that yeah. they would formally end handgun sales um, and discontinue um, the sales on certain types of ammunitions. And this sounds so crazy to me yeah. that this was even an option, but and ask customers not to openly carry firearms in their stores. Well, like open carry is like, crazy. Right. Like, why are you open carrying in church? Why are you open carrying at Walmart? It's why wild to carrying? think about yeah. that we have to tell people, can you please not open carry right. your guns can around our your store? Gun while you shop for your child's like Christmas presents? And get like, avocado <laughs> for your guac. Well, right. but, like, but also to remind you though, Walmart is where a man was like, a black man was holding yep. like a, a, a like a BB gun, a BB, type. It was like a paint gun or paint, something like that. It might even been a gun. He was holding it up and like, and they thought he was he had brought a weapon to and the, didn't ask any questions. Exactly, no questions asked, and so. To me, like, there are certain places where open carry just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, uh, Doug McMillan, who's the president and CEO of Walmart, he detailed the move in a in a letter to associates uh, one month after the El Paso shooting. And so my only concern, like, I'm a bit skeptical because Walmart has historically been in bed with the NRA. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm side-eyeing. What does this mean politically? Are you, it, it seems like... We're getting the tip of the iceberg, but there might be a larger plan at work here because I don't feel like Walmart is doing this out of Just the goodness of their, their hearts, hearts. like yeah. because they've mm-hmm. been so resistant, right? And well, we've had so many mass shootings in the past. So why now is it like I don't know? I, well, I'm side eyeing. So also to to go back to your initial reference of Megan McCain, Megan McCain had some uh, some misgivings about the NRA lately, right? So the NRA is in this difficult time where there are people asking questions about how they spend their money, about their leadership. Um, there's also like some Russia connections on how money of was course. coming through the NRA in the last election and how you know Russians were giving money to the NRA and then the NRA was spending like three, four, five, I don't remember how many times more money in the last, in the 2016 election than they've ever spent on any election before. So there's a lot of things happening at the NRA that are making people raise questions. Um, And so I think that being in bed with the NRA is a little bit more difficult now than it may have been, say, three years ago. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm ready to, you know, everything has to be selective, but 
I was ready to, well, I did stop, purposely stop shopping at Walmart. Not that I was ever there because L.A. doesn't have a lot of Walmart. I was going to say, it's easier to do in L.A. Because they don't have a lot. But, you know, um, there's one not too far from my house, but yeah. it's in the same shopping complex as a Target. Okay. Oh. So uh, Target is always oh, taking it's precedence. Always Target. Yeah, it's, it's always taking precedence. It's cleaner, less it's, kids. Yeah. The lighting is brighter. Mm-hmm. I would it's, go blocks less further kids. for a Target. Yep. Less kids running around us. Right. Target kids are a little bit more, but hey. Target kids and Walmart little, kids are different. They are. Because Walmart kids. kids, mind you, there's nothing. I, I would feel bad saying this. There's nothing that warms my heart like seeing a badass kid get got in the store. Like I just like oh, get woo, snatched woo, woo. up, like getting snatched Good up and getting right. stupid ass over. Like that just touches my spirit. Walmart zoo. Walmart kids are always the ones I got to get snatched. The worst. They, what is it called? Silver tooth activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Silver tooth. I, I like the little caps, up on the that. little caps, not, not back the little yeah. badass Silver kids, caps. little caps. <laughs> no comment, no comment. I'm not going down that road. So we're gonna I'll move, laugh about it later. Though. We're gonna uh-huh. move so, on were to something. Were you a seventeen kid? No, oh, okay. no, I was not. We're gonna move on to was. a lighter story in case you've been living under a rock again. Shout um, out to all the silver cap <laughs> kids. Yes, because like, they deserve cause love I was too. Say, because that, that's difficult. That's really difficult. I would imagine. I never had to navigate. I was not. Stop eating candy. Well, also brush. You got to, you know. I mean, listen, the silver cap tooth is, is a difficult thing. Like if you, if, depending on like. Well, at least a lot of them is their it's, baby teeth. Yeah, so yeah, they should yeah. be fine if they correct it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Netflix <laughs> is looking to switch up its binge release method. Dumb. Um, so <laughs> there, you know, we know that they're good for a binge. How do you feel, we, Jace? We talked about uh, <laughs> weeks ago, Orange is the New Black, at least myself. You know, I, I, that's that was my first intro to binge culture. But uh, when I read this article at first, like the headline, I was like, we can't do weekly. Like, I, I can't do yeah. that. Uh-uh. But it turns out that it's for a lot of their competition shows, which makes sense. So they have the new show Rhythm and Flow with T.I., Cardi B, and Chance the Rapper as judges. And they also have, like, the great British baking show. And so that makes sense because there's people mm-hmm. like our friend Pierre who, when I was talking to him casually about this article earlier, he said he would be the type. You know Pierre loves spoiling things. He'll go see the movie oh. at the midnight showing and tell Twitter. Pierre and his associate with, the, with food. No, what I'm, I'm like, saying is. He's the type that would go watch these shows, go to the last episode, mm-hmm. watch it at midnight, and then tweet about the winner. Right. Really? So, oh, yeah, yes. He, he loves spoiling things. Yeah. Oh. So, on purpose. Pierre. On purpose. He loves getting a rise out of people. I've blocked him a few times oh, for that's it. that's annoying. <laughs> so, um, with competition shows, I don't mind. I'm not really a competition reality yeah. girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, one of my good friends, he doesn't watch the ensemble cast. He only watches competition shows like competition reality shows like yeah like top chef and big brother and i'm i'm more of an ensemble i love a housewives i love a you know 11 hip-hop occasionally Uh, i always love like the real world competition series like give me the voice when they're doing the 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 live audition with the turnaround chair Uh and then i don't care anymore (laughs) right um but like yeah i'm good for three episodes like i watched sunday best auditions this year but i never went back same same thing like i just don't care about the week to week of it, like, and I might not care who wins, like, I no, don't. no, sure. Yeah. But what's interesting is I was having a conversation with a friend about like the difference between Netflix and Hulu and why their strategies are so different. Hulu is something where they've cultivated this culture where they they you get used to coming to Hulu every week or daily because 
you know, you watch How to Get Away with Murder and you didn't see it on the air, you watch right. it on Hulu. Or you watch The View and you don't watch it live, you watch it on Hulu. I don't know The View is on Hulu. Oh, yeah, that's where I watch it most of the time. I don't time. know that. So, like, they have I'm daily shows and they have weekly shows. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, Netflix is where you go to binge shows, right? Mm-hmm. You go to because you're watching Dear White People, you're watching Working um, Moms, you're watching you're working, Orange is the New Black, yes. or whatever it is. You go there to binge a show, you go to Netflix to hang out and there a good for movie. A long time. Hulu's not known for their movies. Exactly. But right. what's interesting is, like, Netflix has been trying to get over into this space of being able to give you like weekly content or even like a couple times a week and they've not had a lot of success with it the first time they did that was with chelsea right chelsea handler show they she they david letterman didn't they do that with david, david letterman well they always they they released his whole thing now okay yeah season. i remember chelsea when yeah. they were doing the weekly ch- and i'd forget about it because that's yeah. not what i go to netflix exactly for. chelsea actually had a pretty strong show it was it was pretty well done but like people weren't watching it so then right. they they kind of phased that out and now it's gone they have patriot act with um, Hassan Minaj, who I right. mean, I love Hassan Minaj. He's so um, cute, but like I don't really watch it, like yeah. because it's not a part of the culture, like of what I of associate with shows. Netflix. Yeah. You're yeah. right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, Hulu's more geared towards like what's on TV that you don't have cable for. Netflix is more like syndicated. Right. Exactly right. because how to go away with murder? Like it doesn't come on every week. There, it yeah. comes on after the season over. Exactly. A few months later, you can go binge mm-hmm. it. So and that Netflix, the it's hard to keep up in a um, in a Disney Plus world I because mean, Disney has acquired Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney's own material. They're Ooh. doing re- like it's. <laughs> Netflix, you okay over there, girl? (laughs) Disney Plus is going to be hard to beat. And And they own Fox uh, 21, right? They they just bought Fox. They've owned ESPN for a long time. They own ABC. They own Freeform. They own, obviously, the Disney Channel. Oh, Um, It's a wrap. That's why you got to be careful with conglomerates. I think Viacom. And that's um, just TV. I know. Mm-hmm. I think that is not even taking into account all of the animated films, all the yeah. big movies, all that the classics. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think Viacom is trying to merge with CBS, which I. Ooh. Well, Viacom and CBS is like this weird thing because they were together and then they broke up and now they're getting back together and mm, like sounds, Viacom, like, sounds like a kiss and tell. Right. Letter. <laughs> I was gonna say right, like it sounds like a relationship we've all been in. So CBS is like a. CBS is the only one that irritates me because I'm not giving you all seven dollars a month to watch your content. I don't even watch CBS anything on access. CBS. Yeah. Like I was interested in Jordan Peele's. Uh, reboot of the twilight zone i saw that first episode that they put on um youtube but i was like i'll just buy it and binge it but i lost interest because there's literally nothing that i watch all due respect to gail king i do not watch cbs this morning i do not watch the talk so like the programming just ain't for Char, like I, I used to tune into the talk occasionally, mm-hmm. but honestly, I miss Julie Chen Moonves. I mm-hmm. used to work at the talk, and it was interesting to me to work there because they would always have someone watching The View to make sure that they and I, ooh. well, no, to make <laughs> they would they would have someone watching The View to make sure that they weren't talking about the same stories. Well, The View so, is way more political. The talk exactly. doesn't do yeah. politics, and but they they wanted to make sure like there's they're not having a bunch of overlap. The other thing is they don't air at the same time anywhere. Two right? different networks, so, ten a.m. and one. So PM. that's not. Sh- on the talk but like i want to hear about politics i want to hear about pop culture I, I don't just care about entertainment stories but like i my dad is the only person that i knew that was like really standing for cbs this morning i was like dad nobody's watching that but he loves gail and then he kind of got me started watching it and i was like i watch it from time to time but i don't watch a lot of the I morning the shows clips. i'm but a gma girl always I, have been since diane sawyer and yeah, charlie gibson in high school I, w- I grew up i was always gma and then i kind of started leaning toward today's show when i was doing more work with nbc news and then now i've kind of dibble and dabble in cbs this morning but i'm not mm. a morning show person well speaking of netflix one of our favorite shows one of um i don't know do you watch grace and frankie 
starring Lily Tomlin and I Jane Fonda. I watched all of season one and started season two. And oh, you missing it. out? Um, Am I? It's so good. The show is, really? is fan hilarious. So I enjoyed season one, but I thought the show moved really slow. Uh-uh. Slowly, it was just like I need y'all to pick up the pace for well, me. Well, I didn't so. realize that has so many seasons. Until, me like, isn't there like season forty six yeah, like, or some shit? We're on no, season like seven. seven yeah. Are they really on season seven? Shut yes. up, you want? Oh it my will god, drop. yes, because I was dating. Never mind. It will oh. drop. Well, season. I'm just thinking about where I watched season yeah. one, and I'm like, oh, that was that was a minute ago. And I, oh. that nigga. Well, the sixth season is scheduled Listen. to to drop in January of 2020. So this upcoming January, we'll get the uh, the sixth season, and then they announced it was breaking news this morning that the seventh season will be the final. Um, I think that as much as I love the show, you know, I hate to see it go, but all good things must come to an end. Plus, I imagine that as much as Lily and and Jane love collecting those checks, I imagine that they're a little tired. Yeah, it's a- <laughs> they're like in their seventies. Like, yeah, that's a lot of work to be doing. Seven seasons and you started when you're like 68 yeah yeah <laughs> so memorizing I, lines and right. stuff i just saw jane fonda on um one of the hollywood reporter shows that she was on you know they do like the round tables jane fonda is 81 Shut years old and i was like that's a good 81 my god yeah she's right behind there so can we Talk call her white women are doing it for them. can we call no, her the white uh well no i don't want to call her the white that but i what i will say is for cicely tyson <laughs> to be gonna say cicely tyson, oh. i knew you're gonna say, I'm gonna say for cicely to be in her mid to well her early to mid 90s she looks stunning and then for jane to be in her uh what is this, mid-80s? 81. 81. Oh, early 80s. Yeah. She looks phenomenal. Well, Jane has also like, said that she has like surgery. and like she Yeah, wished she's that she, open to she it. That she wishes she did not because she wanted to have like a natural older face. Girl, please. She a lie. Girl, because <laughs> the thing, thing about her work is it's tasteful. Uh-huh. I don't look at Jane yeah. Fonda and right. be like, whoo. Like a Jan yeah. She thing. doesn't look like Miss Orlando from yeah. uh, yeah. Harkening Ooh. Back to Pose. Jane Fonda, it's <laughs> easy for Jane Fonda mm. to say that because she's had the work done. Yeah. And, and that good face work. is still snap. Exactly. It's good work. Mm-hmm. Um, Jane Fonda. You brought looks up like- Janice Dickinson. I know. Ooh, Jesus. Well, How's she doing? She's uh, always reminding me of Steven Tyler. I liked her. I mean, maybe Steven Tyler's feet. But like, I just think Jane. Jane Fonda <laughs> is doing it right. I'm sorry. Did I say something wrong? <laughs> no. I, I'm sorry. Those you're Steven, the Jared Hill. Keep listen, talking. Steven Tyler, have you seen those feet? I have not. No. There, have you? There was a No, there was like a, a meme going around of like him in some sandals, and those feet looked. Oh. Woo! Well, I mean, all, well, those, all those stages. If you, go, if you Google Steven Tyler's feet, you'll need a well, nap. Um, LaShawn, you'll need a nap and a shot. Are you familiar with LaShawn Daniels, anybody? Yes. Okay, LaShawn Daniels is responsible. He wrote, like, The Boy Is Mine, Say My Name. Uh, he chimed in on Lose My Breath. He's a prolific songwriter. He had a resurgence, I guess I'd say, in, like, visibility. When he appeared on um, Tamar and Vince, the yep. reality show, he and his wife. Um, and it, it's reported that, well, it's been confirmed. It was kind of last night on social media that he passed away. Now, I don't know the details, but according to GossipOnThis.com, because, you know, we get our sources everywhere. To be clear, Gossip On This is actually one of the first places I ever write, wrote freelance. Oh. So, like, Fun fact. shout out to... Full circle. Yes. Well, they're saying that car accident, a fatal oh, car accident. Oh, wow. I did not know that. So, yes. And he... I just remember him being entertaining. I remember having a, a beef with him a little bit through the TV. Sometimes he... You know, he treaded a fine line. You know, playing with playing with some of the, the gay guys on, like, Latroy and people who might have appeared. I was like, mm, that what he said was a little, mm, you know... Um, as far as like, you know, like, yeah, I get it, it, it. it could have fallen right. on either side mm-hmm. of the, of the okay. court. Um, and 
so yeah, I guess just sending my condolences, our condolences yeah. to his family. I know Kelly Rowland and Michelle Williams gave him a shout out. Um, you know, and his wife. I can only imagine what she's possibly going through Oof. right now because this was untimely. And he wasn't that old. He was only forty one. Yeah. He was 10 years older than you yeah. and I. I was going to say, it's funny because now uh, <laughs> I, when I was younger, people would be like, oh, she was only 55. And I'd be like, that's old as shit. Right. And, and now that I'm like, 35, oh, I'm like, oh, she was ooh. only 55. Yeah. I got 20 yeah. years of life. But I mean, 41 is, is pretty young. Like, that's very 41 young. 41 is very young. Garcelle Bovard Nylon. Well, she's no longer Nylon because she is divorced. Uh, did you all hear about this? She is the first black woman. She's going to be on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's joining the cast. How do we feel about that? So personally, um, <laughs> my top three franchises um, were in no particular order. Atlanta, Potomac, and Beverly Hills. Okay. I clocked out of Beverly Hills this year because the the asinine ass argument with the with the dogs and Vanderpump it just didn't wheel me in like it yeah. normally does. Um, I'm excited about this. We'll have Lisa Renna, Denise Richards, and Garcelle Bovar so, on the same so here's season. The thing. I hope I'm pronouncing f- her name right. Is it Bovier? I think it's Bovet. Bovet. I don't know. I think it is Bovet. I, I was saying Bouvier for a long time. So I think it's Bovet. Shout that. out to all the Haitians. I. Mm-hmm. I I the only franchise I really give two fucks about is Atlanta, and like they were kind of tipsy for me last year. Like I I could almost maybe do without it. Um, I enjoyed Potomac season one, and then like dabbled in season two, and then kind of this off. season is lit. I've heard Potomac. that, so like I'm like okay, I need to catch up on Potomac apparently. But I watched Beverly Hills is the only other season that or franchise that I've watched a full season of, mm-hmm. and like I just can't get into like white women conversations and like arguing with each other. <laughs> well, you know these but New York these is good, women, though. but I've, I've heard that I've, I've heard that never Jersey was its New own York. like thing and like no white women. <laughs> I just like, I was about I to just, say Beverly Hills is so different because I couldn't get into to Orange County. Orange County, I couldn't tell them apart. I didn't know who was who. <laughs> See, this is why we need the bail. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I don't know who is what and like what. And like, uh, Kathy Griffin in one of her stand-up so a long time ago, she all joked, she joked that they all have like the same granite and they live in the cul-de-sac or whatever. And I was like, maybe that's why I don't know the difference. Like, yeah. they all just seem like the same person to me. So, uh, Beverly Hills was fun to watch, but like, they're adding a black woman to it. Like, maybe. But I remember I think that Lisa Renna yeah. went to that show and I remember thinking like, is this a step down? I don't know if it's like. Well, a, what was Lisa doing aside from Dancing with the Stars? Fair enough, but like I don't know, like because I and I think Wendy got into my head because she was like, "You're an actress, and now you're going yeah. to reality television." But like, I mean, it's also like but she really was on popular. A talk show too. She, Kim Fields did Atlanta. She was on a talk show. Kim Fields did Atlanta. Denise Richards is an actress. The, yeah. I look at it as these but women like, are. But Lisa Renna started it, and then Denise, Denise Richards came, and now Garcelle. And now we have Garcelle. Yeah, I mean, sure, girl, get your money. So get fun fact, like she was actually one of my first clients when I started doing PR like ten years ago. Garcelle, nice, mm-hmm. really fancy. Uh huh. How was she? Uh, she's cool. Um, Ooh, this is like post. That was, that was an icy. No, 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 no. Um, because our interactions face to face was very limited. Yeah. Um, it was an internship, so I was there for like six months. Um, and so it's like a lot of correspondence, but like in person, she was cool. Like yeah. it was post Jamie Fox. Okay. So she wasn't really doing anything like yeah. major. Um, just like like appearances and stuff like that. So her career was kind of um, 
in between at the time. It was slowed down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was in a slow period. So, but I was, I'm I mean, happy for her. Good for her. Get I want, your money, I want girl. the show. I'll watch it. Yeah, actually. me too. So we're gonna breeze through these next three topics because we gotta move the okay. show along because yeah. I know that Jared has to get out of here. Oprah Winfrey is going on tour. Yes, mm-hmm. Jesus, and not the Formation World tour. She is going <laughs> on. I love that you cleared that up just in case anyone was confused. <laughs> right. I was confused. It's <laughs> called Oprah's 2020 Vision. Your Life in Focus tour. It will begin January 4th, speaking of formation, on Miss Tina's birthday, January 4th, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. She is in, she's working in conjunction with Weight Watchers, of course, reimagined, um, to offer a full day of wellness conversations during a nine city tour. And it will conclude March 7th in Denver. But she will also, she'll be coming to LA, San Francisco, Atlanta, Dallas, Charlotte, North Carolina, Brooklyn. And it has Brooklyn and New York. Hmm. Probably so, New York, New but York, not Los Angeles. Well, well, Brooklyn and St. Paul, because they have Minnesota in here as well, but they didn't include the... You see what they did that? With yeah. That? But no Los Angeles. No, she's coming to Los Angeles. Oh, that was the first one you said. Los sorry. Angeles, San Francisco, Atlanta, Dallas, Charlotte, North Carolina, Brooklyn, and St. Paul. Here's so. the thing. I don't know... I don't know anybody that loves Oprah more than me that knows, like, every single thing that has heard every story a dozen different ways. And, like... But, like, Oprah on tour is not something that I'd be geeked about. Not in conjunction with Weight Watchers. Well, like, because Oprah on tour is really, like, Oprah at the beginning, Oprah in the middle, and Oprah in the end, like, and it's 10,000 people or 20,000 people or whatever. Like, I want Oprah in an intimate setting. Did you ever get a chance to go to the Oprah show? Yes. Which, uh, was it season 25 or... Uh, no, it was actually, it was the, remember when she went to South Africa and took Christmas to the yes. kids? It was that episode. You went there? Yeah, I was. I to was, Africa? N- not to Africa. No, you were in studio in for studio the coverage. Episode, okay. Yeah. But like, it's a, it's an epic story that I'll have <laughs> you to get do a ticket. You get a ticket. You yeah, heard about, exactly right. I'm sure we all heard about how Kevin It was Kevin the day Hart, after, I went the day after Tom Cruise jumped up and down on the couch. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was there season 25. Oh, look at you. They gave me tickets for my birthday. Praise God from mm-hmm. whom all blessings I flow. too have a great story. Amen. Um, um, so I'm sure we all heard about early Sunday morning. Kevin Hart was involved in a uh, car wreck. He, his friend yeah. was driving. Kevin collects vintage cars. His friend was driving and they kind of careened off the road in Malibu and Kevin was suffering uh, back injuries. But his wife says he's okay. Yeah. So I'm confused as to how he's doing. Um, but when I saw he was trending, again, I have not been like, I checked so, in on Twitter maybe Two time, two, three times yeah. this past weekend. It's funny because he's now trending today for a different reason. And I we're gonna, completely different We're going reason. to talk about that. I remember thinking like, oh, he had to have known like, oh, this video is about to drop. I, and I'm about to eat it. Or maybe he did it. But no. I just thought like, <laughs> what timing? Like, what timing? He's in the hospital. Also, uh, to wrap up uh, the bulletin board. We got to end on a somber note. Uh, rest in peace. Trina lost her mom, 62 years old, lost oh, her no. mom to cancer. Her name was Vanessa Nesser Taylor. So, yeah, send Wait. a condolence. Vanessa, her nickname's Nessa. Got so, you. Vanessa, P-E-R? Vern, yes, okay. Vanessa Taylor. That, that was her name. She was 62, and um, I can't imagine a pain like that. So, mm. sending my condolences to Trina. I remember uh, when Whoopi Goldberg's mom died, she said, All I could think was, Who is ever going to love me like that? Oh yeah. my God. And I immediately texted my mom. I was like, You don't get to go first. A pain. Because, like, that Ooh. has got Well, you be can't. The they say the, the worst pain. pain a mother can experience is it's losing her child. child. Yeah. So, yeah. that's great. <laughs> oh, I told her, I was like, Oh, you don't get to go before. The me. great circle of life is a cruel one. Can we? say that uh so let's move on to the lgbt corner yes
And now it's time for the LGBT Corner. So this week's LGBT Corner goes out. I have to shout out this one maybe because normally we try to pick a, a business or a or a movement, but Lil Nas X, I'm just such a fan. Yeah. I am Same. such a fan of this little boy. I'm rooting for him. Um, I just Okay, so Jace, r- remind me, what's the name of the damn show? The Shop. Okay, The Shop. It's by LeBron and it's, James it's on Le- HBO. Is yes. The Shop uninterrupted a different thing than The Shop? No, it's the same show. Okay, because now it says like uninterrupted and, and, and like LeBron's not the on after it sometimes. Show? No, so, I'm confused so on what the it difference was is. Uh, either it was before it was The Shop uninterrupt, un- un- uninterrupted and I think they just made it like uninterrupted as like a different like the the more recent seasons say uninterrupted. Okay. So maybe they renamed it like uh, GMA Take Three, Straight Hand yeah, Sarah and Kiki. Something like that. Um. So. But the shop is. I uh, have to. The same show. Okay. My corner is going out to Lil Nas X for holding it down. P O P. Hold it down because he sat up there in the clip that I saw because I do not watch the show. I like LeBron, but I don't watch the show. I'm not interested. No part of me is interested in returning to the barbershop. Um. And that. Listen. That type of conversation. And Maybe. he sat up there and was essentially, I know gaslit seems to be the word of the hour on the show this week, um, but was gaslit and kind of trolled. And I cannot, I cannot believe that Kevin Hart fixed his lips to... After all the <laughs> shit that he has gone <laughs> through this year for homophobia. Sorry. I'll Literally, I wish we could play the clip. Um, but we can't. But maybe we'll include it in the Twitter thread. And yeah. or, or we'll y'all have seen the damn clip. You've seen the you, damn clip. You've seen the clip. If and you listen so, to the Kiss and Tell, you've seen the so damn clip. So basically, the line of questioning. I'm not even sure of the guy's name, but he asked Lil Nas X, like, "Why did you come out publicly as gay? Like, no one cares." Which is, for one, a lie. Um, and then he was Lil Nas X uh, mentioned that it was important for visibility because yeah, he didn't right. he didn't see that when he was a kid. But he also no, mentioned at the peak of his career versus in the middle. Right, and he mm-hmm. also mentioned some hesitation around that decision, and Kevin Hart fixed his lips wow. to sit up there and ask that young man why, as in why did you feel hesitation surrounding coming out? So, as if this man just didn't six months ago, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight months ago, defend a joke big, about breaking a dollhouse. the biggest job of his career. Breaking a dollhouse over his son's head if his son demonstrated any type of quote-unquote gay behavior. It's people like you, Kevin. That's where there's hesitation. It's people like you and so many others in this damn barbershop setting and this harmful conversation. I even saw men on uh, Twitter today, I guess. Like, I was chiming in. Y'all know I've been, you know. Uh, But I guess they were trying to say that harmful language isn't used in the barbershop and people were taking them to task. I saw that too. I I guess they tried to say the F word isn't dropped in the barbershop and I'm like... I'll tell you, so I went to school at Clark Atlanta. Sweetie. I went to school at Clark Atlanta, and, like, there was a barbershop right outside of the school, and, like, I would go there and get my hair cut, and, like, I got so tired of, like, the the anxiety of sitting in those rooms and those conversations in the barbershop that I stopped getting my hair cut for a long time, Mm -hmm. and I would just, like, shave my own head. And then I started going back to the barbershop when I moved to L.A., and, like, not a month ago, I was sitting in the barbershop, and, like, there's a conversation going on about... Um, kids be coming out when they're too young, and trans children, and um, well, and homosexual children, and they were that they were using the word homosexuals, homosexuals, homosexuals. Oh lord, which is always triggering for me. But like they were talking about that, and it, it was the the first time in a long time I've been in a barbershop and started hearing one of those conversations where I was like, yeah. and I had to ask my barber like, I need you to stop for a second, and like, can you turn me around? Okay, 
having to engage these people and like telling them how dumb this conversation was and like really engaging them and trying to have an intellectual conversation. I can't imagine being Lil Nas X sitting across from Kevin Hart and having Kevin is he Hart like being like, I, I don't 20. know how old he is. He's 20. Yeah. But like, it was, it was mind blowing to me because Kevin Hart, if, if, if Lil Nas X doing something like that wasn't a thing, you guys wouldn't be talking about exactly. it. Exactly. Right right. There would be it no wouldn't be a whole segment. Right. right. There wouldn't have been a headline about him coming out. The same way I always say, like, we, we thought we were, well, white people thought we were in a post-racial America when Barack Obama Ooh. got elected. But it was like, if Barack Obama could have gotten elected. But dummies of him were being held up by well, nooses. Well, even that. But, like, if Barack Obama could have gotten elected and black wasn't somewhere in the headline, then we would have lived no in shame. a post-racial, post-racial America. No Similarly, shame. if Lil Nas X could have come out and like it wouldn't have trended that day and nobody cared then it wouldn't have been a big issue yeah yeah i mean um, i think I ju- kevin hart is not homophobic i think he is he's shallow and he doesn't understand i think he's comfortable in his bigotry um, he's comfortable in his bigotry but i think he so i actually watched the whole entire episode okay um, oh so, so, so speak on it because i so, only saw the clip yeah so i saw the clip first and i didn't want to speak on it publicly until i actually watched the episode mm-hmm. so what happened is that the initial question that was being proposed was comparing musicians coming out as gay versus athletes coming out as gay. But the way that the man, I forgot his name. Um, the light-skinned guy. The light-skinned dude. Uh, started, the co- co- uh, started the conversation was asking Lil Nas S why it came out. And then Kevin Hart jumped in, kind of trying to seem like protecting him, but it wasn't his place. And it's just like with stupid questions. So... I, I was thinking that when I saw the clip, because I'm intended to watch the episode on the way over here, but that was a different thing. But I remember thinking, like, I see how Kevin Hart could think him saying that was a good thing. Right. Was a supportive thing. But, like, it's even dumb. the tone of it, like, mm-hmm. the body Why? language of it, the all of that was, like, shitty. And I remember thinking, like, why would you... Yeah, why it was coming from a place of Where's like, well, why, why did you? Why do you feel that way? Because well, I don't, I, I don't it, want to. You should be okay with that, but the fact is that he's not, and the world is not okay with it either. Exactly. Right. So and I don't want questions? to derail the corner because the corner is not. I want to emphasize to the people listening: the corner is not uh, a critique on Kevin per se. It's more so a praise of Lil Nas X yes. for being in that environment and holding it down. Pop. Yes. Someone said that he's a so. baby gay because the old gays would have read everybody. In that room not, I, not pray tell would have lit the room <laughs> up oh no he would have and, and wearing like a, a silken train yes shout yes. to little so, nas x <laughs> yes and a lot of this conversation needs to Nephew. be examined just to piggyback really quickly before we move on um i want to say that uh us talking about barbershop conversation does not absolve beauty shop conversation because mm. as someone who has gone to beauty shops and is cis assumed in a lot of uh situations there have been some conversations that have been equally as problematic but I've noticed because I'm someone who spent time in both a lot of time both in the beauty shop and, and the barbershop. Barber yeah, it's it's a it's a different. Um, it seems I don't know if it's patriarchy or misogyny or the hatred of femininity. It's something about the barbershop that makes it. Mm. Uh, there's there's um, mm, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Um, I, I I think I know what you're talking about because I think with with straight cis um, had. Cis het men, 
there's a rage associated with that's it with homophobia mm-hmm. that I would assume, and I can't speak firsthand, that doesn't come in the bar in the. It's not beauty in the beauty shop, shop. when they're the talking beauty shop about can be, homophobia you know, or, or transphobia or something like that. Not to subscribe to uh, stereotypes, but the beauty shop can be very dismissive and very catty when it comes to homophobia and yeah. what they agree with. And well, girl, I, I don't know. Versus the barber shop, yeah. it is. It's a. It's a very distinct. Yeah. type of right. like anger well, that's a, under that there's an anger mm-hmm. there's and also i only like hear the per- agenda the quote-unquote agenda being discussed in the barbershop well, never in the beauty shop but also there's something performative something about, about the hotel her aren't in the beauty shop there's something performative <laughs> about having to hate it and be angry and like i don't fuck with that shit like right you know what i mean right. that i i don't ever really see from women but notice that always it only happens when someone is like if they're not being clocked as gay because like yeah you know, if you're not were, read as gay uh-huh. and you are gay and comfortable, mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, some right. nonsense. But, but I, even if you are read you, as gay. Yeah. So like my like my friend, for example, he went to the barber shop this year and new barber. And he's like, oh, can I, do, can I do your eyebrows? I won't have you look like a faggot. He and, said that to you? Yeah, no, to my friend. Oh, okay. And my friend was like, whoa, 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 dog. He's like, oh, my bad. I didn't know that you were gay. But on da, Twitter, they're talking about F, F ain't used. Right. And then why even use that term, you know? Um, as someone who was gender nonconforming uh, prior to officially um, transitioning, Physically, I should say. Um, I stopped going to the barbershop a while back. And I don't want to, you know, derail the conversation. But I did because, I mean, I've always been confident. But the barbershop inherently made me insecure. And even with barbers that were cool who didn't mind. Like I had, you know, like my specific barber like most of us did. um, There was still, I guess it depended on... It depended on whether I came in Saturday at 8 a.m. or Saturday at 2 p.m. Mm. You get what I'm Unpack saying? That, that dependent that. on our interaction, right. our level of interaction. But Renee you still Brown want, would say, because it's busy You still won't show tip, though. Right. You know, oh, you know like that type okay. thing. So it, it, I've had a very weird relationship <laughs> with a lot of uh, uh, barbers. But this was this was a decade ago. I hadn't been, stepped foot in a barbershop since I was... Woo, maybe 17. Mm-hmm. So, um, because I started going to like people's homes to get my hair, you know, the sure, yeah. haircut. And okay, then at one point, I do. learned how to cut my own hair mm-hmm. because a college struggling student, yeah. I put them guards that on that. Yeah. Lesson. So, and that's yeah. when I was being, I was blonde. I was Amber Rose. So I would cut oh, and color okay, every okay. two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, yeah, it was, it definitely saved me money not yeah. going to the barbershop, but it was also just like, I don't want to have to. I had one of my hair. friend's boyfriends uh, cut my hair. But like I said, this was like well over a decade ago but i specifically remember those barbershop interactions and having to go in solo and that feeling uh Mm -hmm. because didn't nothing change about me you know Mm -hmm. of course i wasn't in makeup because you know they got to put the alcohol and all that but beauty shops have been totally different even even the only time i felt anxiety in beauty shops was when i first started hormone replacement therapy and i went to go get my hair braided and i went to an african braiding shop Mm -hmm. i felt so insecure in that moment even though i had no reason to but i just felt like it's something about the energy you know like i was i don't know but looking back at it was it you projecting i think it was me i think it was me projecting i think it was projecting and also just kind of like Knowing it was a new experience. Yeah. yeah, it was a new experience, and so uh, let's move on to the first topic because oh. we've been at it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so my topic is rooted in this evergreen Twitter joke that uh, that we see occasionally, titled "Let him cheat in peace." What? Now <laughs> I'm sorry. What you know, people? You, we've seen this on our timeline, and so I actually came across a clip. Um, from 
the Braxton family values on WeTV in which they're having this conversation. So I'm going to let the sisters and Miss Evelyn go into detail and then we will unpack this ideology. Mm. Child. your man about another woman because if you're not prepared to do something about it you will be the other woman I don't ever ask a man about another well, why you be the other woman if you ask about it and you don't do anything about you it you stay it. you become the other woman then he don't have to respect you anymore exactly. you say whatever, do whatever because you, you're accepting it so don't ask unless you're prepared to have an action behind it that's a word that's, mommy told me that I was 17 years old when my mother told me that I'll never forget that as long as I live that's a word right there if you ain't finna leave your man, let your man cheat on your ass in peace, okay? Stop bothering him, harboring on it. Stop asking about these bitches. Not unless you finna do something. I'm disgusted. So hey, that... Can you guys hear the look on my face? I oh. hope I hope that the listeners can. So that is wow. the clip. Um, that's from Braxton Family Values when they were in Mexico. Um, discussing infidelity. So I wanted to know, and I think it's so interesting because their mom is a Capricorn. So I always look at Zodiac things like, is that some shit I'd pass on to my kids? I hope not. Um, hope so, oh, okay. So going back to the root of their conversation, yeah. if you are not prepared to do something about it, I'm, I'm guessing that they're implying maybe leave <laughs> uh, or kick him. I don't know right. how that works. Um, are you confronting your partner about infidelity? So, uh, do you think it's <clears throat> worth it if you're unwilling to quote unquote do something about it? First things first, I I feel like that that line of thinking with love and respect to Miss E says more about Miss E than it says about anything than than that's why Yanla was hollering. Listen, so that part, but I think the idea of like don't say nothing unless you you plan on leaving or like doing something about it, like. At the very core of it, like, I know people have this debate all the time about whether or not cheating is a deal breaker or cheating, um, you have to break up. But, like, for me, at the very least, whether or not we're breaking up aside, we need to have a conversation about this dishonesty. it needs to be acknowledged. We need to have a conversation about you lying to me about what you're doing because that's the biggest problem in cheating, Mm -hmm. right? Like, is the dishonesty. Yeah. What say you? Uh, um, So, there's a phrase called pick your battles, fight your wars. Mm. very common mm-hmm. cheating is a war i don't give a like if like you said there could be a thing where like you leave or not like i'm not on if she's saying that like you know if you're not planning on leaving then don't bring it up i think that's what they're implying if you ain't pl- planning on doing something about it because let him cheat in peace because i don't no, i don't think she means going to therapy no you know like, yeah. i don't think that's well, i mean means. but there's things that are fixable in a relationship like for example like the one time that i thought i got cheated on um, it was acknowledged and we worked through whatever we had to work through, but best trust and believe it was not going to happen again. And if it did, then yeah, I would leave, but I'm not going to sit there and like, let you play on my face and play with my time and my health on top of that and have you doing whatever you want to and me being okay with that. That's not okay. Like, and then I'm, I'm going to say that for me, cheating is a deal breaker. Um, don't do it, but trust and believe what will decide when the time comes it was going to happen, but yeah. I'm not going to let that like turn a blind eye to that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I don't know. It's kind of like, I hate to say this, but it's kind of like I can see both sides. 
I, I get that if you're going to ask the question, you better be prepared to like have the conversation. Because Tony, I believe uh, when she was talking, she was like, you become the other woman by opening that door. Um, I may need to... I may that ain't need even to worth it. Re-listen to Bye. that clip because no, that's what she said. Because the way that I see it, trying to put my feet in her shoes, if you ask your partner about cheating and they say, for example, "Yes, I'm sorry," or whatever, or they don't even apologize, "Yeah, I did it. I slipped up," and you don't uh, bang the gavel in some way, then that is making you now. I don't know. Is it is that making you now complicit? Yes, in the it event, is. I'm saying in the event that they do it again. Absolutely, it and is. And so that's what they're saying. If you're not planning on doing something, but I get that life is messy and people cheat, and it's not always so. I'm about to leave. Well, I'm bro- I'm breaking up. I'm about to move out. It's right. not. It's, it's not, not always it's not so and cut white. and dry. Yeah. So then, I think when that happens, if it happens again. You've been complicit in it because you brought it to the table. I don't. I don't agree that with that because okay. I think realistically, if you, you know, me and Jace are dating. Jace cheats on me. I find out about it and I ask him about it, and he says, "Yes, I, I did do that." At this point, we have a, a decision to make on where, how we go forward from here, right? And at the very least, we need to establish a new boundary of like that is not okay for me, Correct. and if that's something that you want to continue, but he to knew do, that wasn't okay to, for you when he did it, exactly. But like now it needs to be addressed because it's happened. Okay. You know what I mean? And like, cause I think a lot of couples like get nervous to have conversations about those things that feel difficult. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, hard like, conversations are hard to have. Exactly. Yeah. That's why they're hard. Right. Yeah. And so like, now that this has happened, if we decide to stay together, we need to have a conversation about what these boundaries are and what's okay for me and what's not, and what's okay for you and what's not, and decide if we can be, be okay with those things together because right. maybe you want to go out and be open or you or you know you want to be able to Fluid. sleep with other people right and if i don't want to do that and you do then this there's a discord this is no longer for yeah. me exactly that discordance isn't something that seemingly can be fixed but if we can then in that relationship say like actually i'm good with being open if you want to be open then maybe we can work past that but i feel like the idea that just asking about it makes you the other woman or the other you know person in the that relationship part was stupid. that to me is just dumb mm. Like it's just stupid. There yeah. ain't nobody worth ever in life not addressing something and feeling like, all right, well, I'm gonna step on a tear in my own relationship. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's, like, yeah. What? That I, but there, I, there are some people who do do that, and they witness. You know, they're they're very brief and account. Very very <laughs> someone said that at dinner like you're a dummy bitch and I, i've not been able to stop it's very brief and camp where you kind of just dr john paul you kind of you know <laughs> suck your tears back in and, and and go about your yeah whatever you know if you all watch desperate house i just saw how brie dealt with a lot of stuff brie would make that okay for herself for yes, a while would. right yes if you if you should go back to making a muffin basket to me mm-hmm. i say like whatever works for y'all in your relationship get your life yeah you know what i mean like if brie vandekamp can make that work for herself with her shitty situation yeah if it if it works for you great if it's really working for you you yeah. know what i mean but like ultimately you don't have to answer to me and i what think you it's want. and i also think it's complicated coming from the braxton standpoint because oftentimes you know kids were involved yeah so and that marriage adds, that adds uh because that's you money said in what else and marriage that's money you have cheaper to, think- to keep them exactly well, but we also know that miss e dealt with was it Michael is his name? The, their dad? She yeah, that's to deal his with name. Michael Senior. Laying it low and spreading it wide. Hey, where's the, the bell? Where's <laughs> the bell? Like, 
that's the best. Sure, you laid it low and spread it wide. And I remember being like, holy God. Yeah. She was pissed. Like, and I get it. Like, she's been cheated on. That's a thing. And that, that has an impact on the way that you look forward in relationships. But, like, I, I don't I don't agree. See, no. I think I'm more of a, um, what's the character's name? Uh, Laura Dern's character in Big Little Lies. Renata. Renata. Ooh. How I she found. I not be rich. Right. She, she knew everything, but she stayed. But she let him have it yeah. at every single so, point. But what's the point? <sighs> well, she eventually left him, kind of. Where did she leave him? Well, we don't know until right. she arrives in Atlanta. She destroyed that train track. Two or three. So. <laughs> Stop, Atlanta. Stop I'm here Perry. for it. Um, so, yeah, what do you all think? Be sure to weigh in using hashtag KAT Radio. And when we come back, we will be diving into Jace's topic. So, my topic um, involves a lovely party in the south of France. So, if you guys have not seen, um, check out the hashtag. EC60 on Instagram. So, um, Magic Johnson and Cookie had their 60th birthday in oh, the south yes. of France and St. Tobias. And it was a very star studded event. Is that where Gail and Miss Tina and all of them were? Yeah. Okay. And Holly Robinson, Pete, mm-hmm. and Layla Rashawn They were there for a good long day, they? they were there for like a couple days. You see, Layla Rashawn reemerge. Mm-hmm. Her, her Instagram is active again. Yeah. Uh, it was very. I wonder what happened behind the scenes with all of because you see how that story just went away yeah nicole murphy and antoine Fuqua, or whatever his whatever name is name, yeah um but yeah it was a great party and i wanted to where my invite went i probably got lost in the matrix um but yeah i was just like that's so dope that all these people are here in their 60s celebrating in the south of france um so my question is where do you guys see yourself at 60 i mean i think we always kind of focus on like now when, it, when it's all said and done the career's over you've you, you've unleashed all the different media outlets and pop culture um secrets and the book is done you got the book published and now you're sitting there and you're 60 what does that look like for Shar and jared so for the longest time i've said like i can't I, I don't look forward to retiring because I like I generally enjoy what I do even like all the bullshit aside Ooh. and like I, I I like what I do and so the idea of retiring just seems like I'd be bored but <laughs> the more I work and like the like I've been really busy lately with a lot of different things going on I'm like oh I actually kind of get when when niggas want to retire <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. so but I don't I don't imagine myself retiring I feel like at some point I I my my goal is to to be a studio like i want to um produce shows like whether they be Me on too. television or radio or whatever um produce shows some that i host and many that i don't and be able to just like put out content that i think is of value mm-hmm. and so like i wouldn't want want to just like walk away from it if i'm 60 years old i mean oprah's 65 this year i think 66 mm-hmm. and like i mean it's still popping so like the idea of that like i would still want to be like out here doing my well thing. that's because the vision of because when we were kids i feel like 60 was so old when i was yeah. 60 yeah. was miss doubtfire yeah so um <laughs> it was a fruiting. Yeah. <laughs> for me um i'm almost ashamed to say that so much of who I am is my work. I can't separate the two. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't even, and, and you know what? Um, my therapist always asks me, how are you doing? And I'm like, well, I've been really busy with work. And like, I'll let me go and go and go. And she'll Mood. be like, so how are you doing? And I'll be like, oh, I just did I told do it again? You. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and at this rate, I've been freelancing. So my retirement 
check about to be forty dollars if Listen, if things keep going if things keep going the way that they yeah if things keep going the way that they are going and I need a network to lock it down let me sign a contract so um yeah I do not know I just got a little fearful my mom is a woman um that has crossed the 60 bridge and her birthday is actually next week Virgo Yay. season. Um, and my mom is actually retiring this mom. year. She will be, really? yes, when the spring rolls around, she will be donezo. And we've been talking about this because my mom and I are, we have a lot in common. And she's like, I, I know that she won't be able to sit down. She's going to do something, be mm -hmm. at the library, mm -hmm. answering phones. Volunteering at the something, hospital. Something, something. And so I don't know because for me right now, the way that life is, um, I am single. I have no children. And I really don't have a desire for children. And I just don't, I mean, I enjoy my own company, don't get me wrong, but I need my work to pay off in other places, like mm. if that makes sense. Like it would be nice, like I have a very nice one bedroom apartment right now, but it would be nice if I had a penthouse and mm. just was working type thing, you know yeah. what I'm saying? If I had Molly's apartment from Insecure, that would be nice, like I think I'd enjoy that. Mm. Um, but not in, at six, at 60, I want like the whole floor, you know, the, type the thing. Yes, and so... Um, yeah, at 60, I want to have a for few For right options. now. I want to be able to go to my Hawaiian right, and stay with the ranch. Right. So for right now, I cannot say what that looks like for me because it's almost scary yeah. knowing that my life is, I, I hate to, I feel like this makes me sound corny, but my life literally is work. And like I said, I enjoy my own company, but I don't enjoy sitting in the house all day. So I'm blessed and grateful that I really haven't done that this year, you know, just waking up doing the whole, you know, routine. But um, yeah, I don't, I do not know. Hopefully I will be partying. Hopefully I will be going to nice parties and things like that. But as far as on the personal front and just who Char is at her core, it's scary for me to think about right it's now. It's funny. At 60, and it's 30 years away. At My 60, God. I'd love to be hosting that party. I don't know if I'd love to be going to it. Well, like maybe going to like to the South. I don't want to be hosting it. But like I love hosting. <laughs> I, I don't love, want the pressure yeah, of that. Yeah, you're, you're I like, love that's hosting your, a party. That's your speed. Yeah, I love having people over. You Char, Char is there yeah. for the small bites. Yeah. I am not interested in the pressure of hosting you, Well, it, you and I, I love a small bite at a party for sure. We have yes. that in common. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And like uh, every time I go to a party and they don't have sh small bites now, I'm like, Char would be so pissed with me. Pit live like, it. Look at me so mad. A horse Like a horse divorce. Mm -hmm. But like horse I, divorce. I would love to be hosting those parties and maybe going to the south of france type of parties but i don't know like i'm i've never been like a hardcore partier like mm. there's there's a guy that like i'm like he's very cute we had great chemistry and all this kind of stuff but he parties really hard and i'm like ooh, like I don't party think, party yeah like not not like oh, okay not party with a diamond but mm -hmm. like party like going out to clubs yeah. and stuff like that social exactly and i'm like i don't know that we would work really well because he parties way harder than i do well you and probably would well, huh you probably would you balance each other out. Look at Nene and Greg. Uh, <laughs> you have we done me that? wrong as your wife. Never have I ever <laughs> disrespected you, Greg. I'm sorry. So single, married. At, um, at 60, what am I going to be? Yeah. Hopefully single. I mean, not hopefully single. Hopefully married okay. in a monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. um, be clear. I look at Miss Tina and Richard. I want something mm. like that. So they want like a second marriage. 
Well, not a second marriage. <laughs> well, not a second marriage. A happy one. A happy one. Amen. I'll say that. A Ashe. happy one. And uh, Miss Tina and Richard appear very, very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Even their. Even though he's not everything. I love their uh, chemistry in the background of the when she used to do the corny jokes videos, and mm-hmm. he'd be so over it and things She's like so that. Cute. Like I hopefully will have a situation like that. Like I said, with kids, right now I'm like, eh, because I can't. You know, I'm. I got to, like with myself, I can, I'm this paycheck to paycheck to feed my own mouth uh, and wipe my yeah, own ass. Listen. So I can only imagine like the back to school list. That's like a thousand dollars right Calculators, now. Calculators. Yeah. TI 83 plus, mm-mm, And I want my kid mm-mm. to be cute. I don't want you being teased. So we going to get you that Jansport no book tea. back. We going to get you them shoes you want, but you better pull in them grace. I don't feel like monitoring that because I'm still monitoring. I'm parenting myself right now. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I so you, I can't. I, <laughs> I, get it. I cannot parent. I'm parenting myself and will and giving myself mental pep talks to get out of the bed some mornings. I can't. Yeah. I can't imagine being running on E and knowing that I have to get you to school because yeah. right. I don't feel like moving running out of on bed E right. and Cookies hearing their enough. alarm go off. Yes. Right? And having to go get them up and get yes. breakfast ready. Yeah. So, what are they wearing and make sure they took a bath. And make that right. That's what I do with sure because breakfast is optional mm-hmm. for me. But you got to have a balanced one because I don't want Egg you whites, falling out in PE. Salt, no pepper. So. um my cousin she oh. doesn't eat oh by the way i met this girl from texas this is a side story um she's 17 she is from houston i told her that i wanted to do a profile on her we were just randomly talking um mm-hmm. while we were at a production studio um i was talking to her and her mom but she's from houston she doesn't like spicy food which i was like how is that and you're from houston okay. she is vegan how is that and you lived in texas and she doesn't like well of course she doesn't eat seafood but prior to being vegan she did and i'm like in houston of all places you don't eat anything she's like i can hardly do black pepper and i immediately thought of your oh niece my God. jace's niece can't even have black pepper which i think is absurd because that's an essential I have a, that's essential to seasoning so uh-huh. I have a friend who I'm, I'm gonna have his family over for dinner again a dinner party and he can't have what he, he can't have nuts he can't have onions and he can't have black pepper because he has allergies to them all wow and I was like well what in the hell so I'm bring your own, I don't bring have your own a food, food allergy listen like what am I <laughs> right so I'm like okay what was your question 60 are we married or single yeah um I always say this and I always wonder how it comes across to people. I want to be married for all the reasons I don't want to be married. So like my parents got divorced when I was nine, most traumatic thing of my life. But like every marriage in my childhood Mm -hmm. was either they divorced or they were like a second marriage. And so like, I believe in marriage as much as I don't believe in it. Like we, and I say that to say like, I want to be married for security or, you know, for the security in the relationship and to be loved forever and all that kind of shit. But like, I also know that all it takes is for someone to change their mind, right? Yeah. And like, and so like, there's no real security in marriage because there's divorce, and there's no real like love someone forever because like people break up. So and what are so, all the wrong reasons? What's that? What are all the wrong reasons? Because you said you want to get married for all the wrong reasons. Well, I know I'm saying I want to get married for all the reasons I don't want to be married at the same time. Like, uh, I want to be married for security and like long lasting. Lo- exactly. Yeah. And I remember hearing Iyanla actually say like, you know, we had a marriage where marriage where divorce wasn't an option. And then he changed his mind. And it was like, right. well, yeah. damn. You know? And you can't control other people. So I I don't know that I need to be married. I've always said that being married for me was more about my partner than it was about me. So like I've dated people that if we never got married, I'd have been totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. And I've dated people where if we weren't engaged within two years, something was wrong. 
You know what I mean? Like, mm. because like I had a, I dated, I had a boyfriend. <laughs> actually, we were talking about um, when I was watching Grace and Frankie. That nigga, um, when we were, <laughs> he was like very traditional in a lot of ways, yeah. and like had like these really traditional ideas about like how you should be in a relationship and all that. Wow, if we weren't engaged in two years, mm-hmm. what'd you say? Nothing. Oh, uh, if, we were, <laughs> if we weren't engaged in you know getting married on the track to marriage within two uh-huh. years, I'd have been weirded out. Like something was wrong. Whereas, mind you, he's been with another one for a number of years and they're not engaged, so maybe something is wrong. But I also was in a relationship with someone who, like, marriage wasn't even something that he cared about. I wasn't, like, really big on it. And we could have been together for a thousand years and have been fine without marriage. Mm. So, like, marriage is something that I'm not, like, committed to the idea of. I can say the same. circumstantial. I, yeah. yeah. I love the idea of marriage, I think. Um, but I, in all, if I'm being fully honest, the thought of someone proposing to me terrifies me. Mm. It terrifies me. And I think it's because I'm so used to just. Wait, hold on. Let's unpack that. Wait, the actual <laughs> act of like. I, the actual act. Or so like I love committing to the rest of your life. In my mind, the commitment, I need you to be monogamous. That's just mm-hmm. period. Point mm-hmm. blank. There's n- find no way around that. Um, and in my mind, I like the idea of saying I'm his wife or I got to go. I got to leave kiss until early today because my husband is, I got to pick my husband up from the airport. Mm-hmm. Like I like the idea of mm-hmm. saying that, but it's something about the thought. Like I'm blushing right now. <laughs> oh my God. It's something about the thought of being proposed to. I don't know if it's a power dynamic thing for me or what. Really? And I'm a traditionalist. Oh Wait, yes. So, so about this, you don't like the idea of like having to answer the question. It makes, I, I'm about to break out in hives <laughs> yes, thinking about sure. a man getting down on one foot and ask and then presenting me with a nice pear-shaped so, wait, diamond this image that you're seeing right now are you a, amongst a lot of people yes are you at, in private it's so, not private so is it it's a lot it of eyes and a lot around? of and a lot of this the cameras <laughs> yeah. she's holding up her camera okay the but, like, light. but like if it were at home and you were just by it was you and him and he had made dinner and he got down on a knee would you feel the same anxiety about that i don't think so so you don't want so a it's grand a gesture. public I, but i i do I, yeah, do, I was gonna say I that's actually like, surprising to me. That I you feel like I've gesture. earned a grand gesture. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> damn it! Said, all that it's put, taken to get here, motherfucker. You better get on. I have knee. put in the work. Yeah, I feel like I have earned a grand gesture. I want you in the middle of the grove. So it's so hard because I, I, but I just have a lot of anxiety around it. Yeah. I don't like really subscribe I mean, to a lot of gender norms and relationships, and so like. I've dated guys who would have proposed to me and I've dated guys that I would have proposed to Mm -hmm. um, had we gotten there. And so like the idea of a proposal is so difficult for me to imagine without a partner that because I'm single. And so like I I don't the proposal thing is like, yeah, I don't even know what that would feel like. I'm not uh, what side of it. This going to ruffle some feathers, but I don't give a damn. I ain't proposing to no man. Well, okay. That's fine. I'm not mad at it. I mean, I'm all for smashing the patriarchy. <laughs> what I was going to say. She's, I don't want you like, all to know. I, right. Baseball bat. I'm all for it. But she's, a, I, she's a hardcore feminist. It will In be, most parts. Right. Yes. Okay. I would rather stick my toenails in nitric acid before Ooh, I, like, I, I description? Right? <laughs> I had to fish for my words before I got down on one knee and asked a man for his hand in marriage. I just can't. I get it. Yeah. I, I just okay, can't so Jace, bring myself to do it. 60 years old, are you married single? What's your deal? And this oh, is all I'm hypothetical, of course, because I mean, I'm single as hell right um, now. <laughs> I don't go, want the girls reading me. You know, they like right, this bitch. Come for you, right, right. right. Um, I'll go quickly. So uh, me at 60, I'm definitely still working. 
but I think by that time in my career, I get to take a lot of load off where I'm kind of like overseeing yeah. versus actually like being the grunt of the work. Right. Um, but I'll definitely still be heavily involved in whatever empire is being built. I don't know if I'd want Oprah's fame at 60. I think at 60, my nerves would have me like, I'd love a Loretta Divine where I'm recognizable by voice, but I can still go Girl, to the store. Inevitable. We were talking about... I think they'll leave you alone because you're 60. But we were like, talking you're be about recognized. that last night. I have no desire for like Beyonce level fame. No, she yeah. seems like she's like, in a prison. I'll take that level of wealth, but not that level of fame. Go ahead, Jace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe like a Tyler Perry. Um, I mean... I, could, I, could I wouldn't mind that. a highway exit being named the Sharjah Cell exit, yeah. exit 3A on the I'm, I'm respected. That must feel, that must be a something. Yeah. And having Siri yeah. say, take the Sharjah Cell exit. <laughs> well, first of all, she'd fuck up your name. Sharjah Cell exit. Right, Jocelyn. Sorry, Jace. Um, no, but I'm definitely in the south of France. I'm definitely with all my little, um, you know, all of us together. Still, like, doing a thing and hanging out in the south of France or Maldives or whatever. But actually, um, I work with a couple of people and um, they're just kind of having, like, in personal conversations, uh, like, that moment of, like, okay, you know, the world is ending, like, global warming, so, like, let's just make the most of life. I, I think mean, they're, listen. Yeah, I you guess do not I, get to pull a jagged edge on me. Listen. Talking about we ain't getting no younger. We might as right, well do it. Right, Boy, fuck you. <laughs> but they're just, like, I can see them, like, processing, like, all right, I'm 60-plus years old now, like. I don't have, like, half of my life is over. More than half at 60. Yeah. And so, it's like, they're kind of going into the space where, like, work is not that important. But it still is important. But they're kind of, like, yeah. like for example, they had an analogy of, like, um, the three little pigs. And, like, okay, like, the pig made the house out of, um, what, straw, straw, sticks, sticks and, and, brick. and brick. And they're, like, yeah, like, you know, people spend that much, a whole lot of time making a brick house. It's, like, but sometimes the, the guy who made the the house had a straw, had a lot more time to do free stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like what's in the middle. It's a give and take. Yeah. Well, and so, I never thought about it like that. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely thinking about like, what is the earth going to look like? Cause I'm, I'm doing the math. Oof. I'm like, I guess 2045, I'll be 60. And so, cause I'm 34 now. And I'm like 2045, I expect the earth to be shit. I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're not going to have any kind here. of seasons anymore. Yeah. Like all of Miami will be gone. Most most of New York will probably be close to underwater, like LA, like you know what I mean. Like yeah. I'm thinking yeah. about climate change. I'm thinking about like so much different shit. Like I don't know what to expect by 2045. Well, let's mm. move on. Yep. So, Jarrett. <laughs> oh, does this mean I have to say some shit? Yes, yeah, I just have a talk- few questions yeah. for you before I ask you the main question. <laughs> we're not doing six brown chicks today. I just have one question to ask you for uh. Okay. When we get to that part. But um, so you were, like we mentioned at the top of the show, you were the smoking gun for the Melania Trump plagiarism yes. um, debacle that happened at the Republican National Convention. So can you do us a favor and the listeners a favor of walking us through that night for you were you just sitting there watching it and you're like wait a minute this sounds familiar like Mm -hmm. like how did that come to be and the second part of my um my question is were you at all hesitant on hitting tweet or you know blowing that up so 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 the short version of that story is that day for me had been really difficult because i had been laid off a year and some change before and like i had a job interview that day that i was like really looking forward to for weeks and then like three minutes into the phone call i was like oh fuck this job i don't want this you know Mm. what i mean like so i was really disappointed yeah um and it was i was like at the end of my rope that day and so i said a prayer and i was like lord look 
if you want me to go be an accountant, I'll be an accountant. But like, you have to make something hit. I need you to say yes to something. Right. Um, and I always say like, for me, being an accountant would be the worst job. Not that that's a bad job, but it'd be the worst for job you. for me. Yeah. And so I was like, I just need you to make something pop because like this TV journalism shit is just not landing Ooh. apparently. And so I said that prayer. It was like two o'clock, eight o'clock. It, it was two o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. Okay. And so uh, around eight-ish, Melania Trump starts quoting Michelle Obama without attributing her mm-hmm. and saying, you know, we want children in this nation and all nations. So how did you clock that? Did you know Michelle's so, speech by heart or something? So ha- I, I, I was sitting in a Starbucks and I'm watching the MSNBC feed and I'm instant messaging with a boy that I liked and we're talking about Melania or whatever. And like, I wasn't even really paying attention to what she was saying, but I always I mean, describe it as having heard a song that you haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. And like she said, we want um, the, the height of your achievements is the reach of your dreams and i said out loud along with her and your willingness to work for it and like and i was like <laughs> oh and like it made god. me pause and i was like Hold on. oh my god what like michelle obama said that in you know 2012 i thought it was in 2012 and then i did some research and realized it was 2008 and so well, she went back to the first run uh, and listen right so she like I, eight years prior i immediately like google searched michelle obama's um, speech transcripts to be able to make sure that I wasn't like fucking around in my right. mind. I wasn't wrong. Because you got to be careful when you uh, drop something mm. of Absolutely. that magnitude on Twitter. Absolutely. Because that could have ended you no. if you were wrong. <laughs> exactly. If right. it, you know, if it had blown you up. You wouldn't have been able to live that down. <laughs> so I immediately like started looking at the script and I don't I don't remember where I was in, in the tweets, but I was like, mm, pretty sure Michelle Obama said that in 2008. Am I right? Or 2012. And then like I researched it because it like it kept bugging me. Like, no, like Michelle Obama said that. And so then I looked at 2012 and I, I I, I'm really good for like using the find feature on on a website okay. to be able to find a word. Right. I, I looked for the word willingness because I was like, that's not a word that you would use a bunch right. of times. Yeah, in a yeah, yeah. Just casually. Exactly. Yeah. And I couldn't find it. So then I looked in 2008 and I saw willingness and I was like, thank you. I knew this was that shit. And so like I highlighted that sentence and I tweeted out the screenshot of it. And then someone posted the video on YouTube and was like, someone had like shot their TV screen with their iPhone of Melania's mm-hmm. speech. And so I was like, I know that I'm right. So like YouTube has the feature where you can share a video from a certain time code. And so oh, I, I was trying to like get to the moment where she said that part. But I clicked a few seconds too early and I realized, oh, there's a few more words here. And oh, I backed God. it up another, another few seconds and, there and a there's few a few more. more words. And then I realized like this is a paragraph. 60%. Of yeah. her speech is from Michelle well, Lebron Robinson like, Obama. It was it was like fifty five out of sixty words or something like that. It was Hashtag like a crazy I amount am of becoming. Well, <laughs> what a book! So like she get switched. the audio book if you haven't. Guys. I always joke that she switched outside of Chicago and put Slovenia, but like I I I immediately was like, oh my god, this is like a whole paragraph. So I highlighted that and I screenshotted it and put the YouTube link. And sent it out. And then I was like messaging with my friend again. And like I was watching the retweets on it. Well, he was he's a friend. And, and the like, retweets look like the, the retweet- Matrix. Well, like I at the time I had seventeen hundred followers and like if something got shared a dozen times, I was hot shit that day. 
You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And so it was retweeted like 10 times and then 20 times and then 30 and 40 and 50. And it got to 100. And I was like, whoa, what is happening? By the time it got to 600 retweets, I was like, I need to leave the Starbucks. Yeah. Like, something's happening. And I leave the Starbucks. I call my agent because we had just had a conversation earlier that day about that shitty interview. And I was like, something's happening with my tweet. And like, <laughs> my hands were shaking like violently. Like I, I couldn't explain yeah. what was happening. Um, I mute time, them when they get too crazy. Like some time, some yeah. of my tweets have resurfaced that were like little, little jokes, no exclusive, yeah, yeah, yeah. little jokes, and I'm like, fifty k likes. Yes, it's, like because I a muted it, you can't, see, you know. And a lot of the times, the retweets and the likes supersede the replies. Yes. you don't get, you know, Absolutely. you might have eight replies, but you know, because that tweet was retweeted at its height like twenty five thousand times and had like fifty thousand likes and like eighteen hundred responses wow. or something like that. And so by the time I walked home, it had been retweeted a thousand times. And I looked on television and they had like the side by side of Michelle and Melania. And that was the moment when it occurred to me, like, this is a real thing. I didn't just make this up in my mind. And I saw, I saw right at the same time, I saw that split screen, but I also saw that we've all seen that split screen of the two of them. Yeah, absolutely. But I also saw Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC. Someone had tweeted him and was like, are you going to talk about this boy's tweet? Yeah. And he was like, we're about to talk about it right now on television. So, and that's so were people, when, when people were taking this to their outlets, were they crediting you? Or was this kind of like, a, oh, I know. Because there's really no way mm-hmm. in instances like this to pinpoint, like, yeah, you were the first to, took it to take yeah. it to Twitter. But someone could have easily swiped your exclusive and be like, I noticed it too. I just didn't tweet it and run it as theirs. So what's interesting about that is I, I was a little bit worried about that, but... I went back after months later and was like looking through the replies and I what I didn't know at the time, I think I saw maybe one or two of them, but there were a lot of people on Twitter who would see someone else tweeting about it and, and they were like, like uh uh uh-uh, Jared Hill at Jared Hill was the <laughs> yeah. one who did that and they would like tag me mm-hmm. in it. Love to and, see it. And I was I really appreciated that because like people really were like, uh-uh, don't do it. Yeah. And I and I mean it's funny because black And you're folks, a journalist. What's that? And you're a journalist, not like a random person. Yeah, so. exactly. And so uh, Black folks always, whenever they find out mm-hmm. like I'm that person, they will always stop me and like look me in my face and go, "Thank you, thank you." Yeah, and I'm always like taken aback by it because it's surprising to me. But like a lot of those folks on Twitter were black folks that were like, Mm-mm, "That was Jarrett Hill," and like Don't someone else did actually like write about it. Like, "Ooh, look, she took this from from La-. and like people were like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, Jarrett right, did that first. Don't credit. do it." Not on my watch. Um, and so yeah, so- by the time I went to bed, my I got home. It was I don't know if it was like ten o'clock or something. Between the time I got home and the time I got in bed at like one o'clock, I did six interviews between NBC, Whoa. BBC, oh BBC Radio, CBS. Like, My palms so, would have been sweating. Those those outlets, yeah, like you don't want to exactly. misspeak, you know. Well, and like luckily, the friend that I lived with at the time works in publicity um, oh, that's at, at a major network. <laughs> yeah. and like it was, it was so it was. <laughs> It was like it, it was it was definitely like serendipitous. The stars aligned for you. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and what was funny is like he was going out of town the next day. And so like he was up late and he was like, uh, respond to that email, respond to that because my inbox started blowing up. Oh my god. And one of the Jared. emails that came in right before I went to bed was from uh, Sam here at KTLA, who's he does their entertainment reporting and he emailed me in the email, I'll never forget it. He emailed me, it was a booking email, like, Hey, would love to have you on the show in the morning. I'm actually going in to the bed morning? Right, in the morning for the KTLA morning news. And he was like, I'd love to have you on the show in the morning. I'm going to bed right now, but respond to this email if you can make it. If you can, great. Here's the information. And I was like, okay. So I responded to the email. I was like, I guess tomorrow I'm going to go do KTLA. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. <laughs> and then sure. I'll come home and, you know, get on with my, la- my, my, day, my yeah. boring life. 
I went to that interview. On the way to that interview, like my second interview emailed me. It was Access Hollywood Live. And then it was CNN. And then it was like, oh the, I did 13 interviews on television and radio that day. So what was the most nerve wracking one? Or, or did you become numb to it after a while? Well, I always say that, like, I don't know what, I, I reference God as God, the all, the universe. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like I had the been. The omniscient. Yes. I felt like I had been so prepared by all of the things that I had done before for that moment. So, like, I was a television reporter, so I'm comfortable talking right, on TV. Right. I had been a booking producer before, so I know what it's like to yeah. be trying to book someone. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I, I did had, that my second internship. Yes. Oh, it was the worst. And, like, I know how shitty that job is, yes. right? And so I'm, like, I'm, I'm responding to people in kind. I've been a guest and I've been a host. So yeah. I knew how to like get on television and, and I could ask them, how much time do we have here? Okay. Right. So now I know how that much time is in this segment, can, Doug. Exactly. I can't exactly. <laughs> right. And so by the 13th interview, like I, I had, I was like ready to crash, but like I was still having fun. And yeah. I imagine that a lot of the uh, questions were kind of press junkety in that they were the same you were question. To, yeah. And yeah. You were able to custom tailor. And... I remember when things started to change. Um, I was on CNN with Brooke Baldwin and she asked me, she said, Oh, we, uh, we heard that people on Twitter were saying that you were um, an operative paid by the Clintons. Is that true? Oh my God. And I remember seeing like, like one of those George Soros people <laughs> that the yeah, right like, wing lose their exactly mind about. Exactly. Like, like Hillary Clinton was slipping me money under right. the table. And I remember seeing like Even one tweet were, about that. Melania did what Melania did. Well, right. and I, I say that now. I'm like, if I were Bill Clinton, the shit was still stolen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. What the fuck difference does it make? It don't matter so, if Joan Rivers paid. Oh, well, ooh, excuse me. <laughs> Melissa Rivers paid me. <laughs> oh. Whoever it was, like, it just, it, 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 it annoyed me because I remember that was when I remember thinking like all someone has to do to create a narr- narrative is say something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. If people see it on the internet, then they will believe I that always it's say true. It ta- all it takes is a snowflake to cause an avalanche. Yeah. And like, realistically, like there are still people who believe that I'm some kind of Clinton operative and that <laughs> I must have been the person who switched the speeches or something. Were you shit. fearful ever of, of your safety at any point? Because I know when people are publicized, especially in the way that politics are today, um, especially with blowing something up, that was embarrassing, Jared. Like blowing something Um, up like that. Like the first time were you discussed on the View at all? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. The first time they should have had you on. But go ahead. The first time that I felt fear. I don't know how well you guys know Paul Manafort, but I always say Paul Manafort looks like what the devil probably looks like. I don't believe in the devil, but that's a different conversation. But like, I remember he always just looked like the incarnate of evil to me. Yeah. Okay. And like to see him on CBS this morning talking about me, I was like, Ooh. Ooh. you know, like <laughs> that was weird. Um, kind of like Mufasa. Ooh. Like, you know, like you feel the, the chill go down your back. Um, so that kind of creeped me out a little bit. Um, and then I would get like emails from people or DMs from people where they would like say hateful shit. And like even to this yeah, day, I, like I, was, I still. That was going to be my other, like your yeah. mentions were in shambles. Yeah, but I like, imagine. but the weird thing is, so this happened on a Monday night. Tuesday, I did all those interviews. And Wednesday, I woke up and like none of my communications worked. So, like, my iPhone didn't work. My computer didn't work. That's Paul Manafort. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, my computer and my phone didn't work, and it really creeped me out. Oh, I would have lost oh, it. I was they're, like... They're I was going to shut you down. I the was, Russians. Kathy Griffin went through <laughs> something Listen, like that. Yeah. So, like, it, it really scared me, and I was like, what is happening? Why didn't it work? Um, I still don't know to this day. It was the, it's the only time... <laughs> It's the only time I've ever, like, gone in and, like, tried to throw my weight around using my name. Like, I went to Apple that evening because I still had interviews to do. Uh-huh. And I always shout out Soledad O'Brien because Soledad O'Brien I love her. DM'd me. She stole my pizza one time. She- 
Yikes. Mm-hmm. Um, Soledad O'Brien DM'd me when this was all happening, and she was like, hey, I know this is really crazy time, and you know a lot of things are going on, but if you need anything, let me know. Oh, that's nice. And I messaged her back, and I was like, <laughs> I remember being like, but what does that mean? <laughs> you know? And you talk about if I need Exactly. Like, what does anything mean? I and need so, a gift certificate to a spa at this point. <laughs> exactly. So I messaged her back, and I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, well, if you need help, like, let me know. And so um, my, I had told her, you know, yeah, that'd be great. And she said, I'm going to give you my assistant for 24 hours to kind of help you with the crazy. Oh, like, Soledad. O'Brien is like, is one of the, the assistant's name. Um, her name was Rose at the oh, time. No, and no, she's, no, a, no, no. she was a fantastic woman who I, Rose I love and appreciate. No. Imagine how tired we are. <laughs> exactly. Right. Can but you like, but I always shout, shout out, out to Soledad O'Brien because even in that moment, she didn't know that that was the second time she had done something to help me. Um, she was the reason that I worked at CNN when I was in college and Mm -hmm. so like she was like she hooked me up with that and so anyway I had all those interviews to do that day but at the end of the day I went to Apple and I I said to them I was like so have you guys heard about this Melania Trump story? <laughs> I'm thing? sure you sold it just like well, that. Well, and I was like, because I don't, I'm not a person who's like, I'm Jared Hill. I'm the guy that actually, so, like, that's so not wait, me. Wait, and before, you go into, before you go into your Apple trip, yeah. when you say your devices were malfunctioning at like what capacity? They were still like, on, but you couldn't they would, they were get online. On, you couldn't call. But like, they would say to me, they would um they would say to me that like my log my Apple ID didn't work anymore. Oh, that would and everything like, is linked to the Apple ID. Exactly. And my mm. computer wouldn't work anymore and like we all kinds of crazy shit. Exactly. It made me really uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I went to Apple and I was like, uh, I'm that guy that did the thing and, and like Lindsay, the manager but at you Apple. You never know who you're talking to. She was like, Well, my girlfriend's really into politics. She was telling me about that. I was like, Lindsay, that's great. Hook it Can up. Can you help Lynn. me fix this? Yeah. And they fixed it and it was it all worked. So I was nervous then because yeah. I was like, I don't know what's happening with my communications. Mm, that's interesting. So I don't know if you remember. Do you remember running into, well, on the train? You, I don't know if you had just moved to L.A. Running into you on the train? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was before in the Hollywood. whole Melania thing. In yeah, Hollywood, yeah. yeah. And I remember like I remember the content of the conversation. Um, but I remember just like us being just young people fighting for a space in the public eye or just like to do our job, what we mm-hmm. wanted to do. So how has this one incident incident since then changed your entire perspective um, or your career? It, it's interesting because everyone kept saying like, oh my God, he's not going to be... Because every headline about me said out-of-work journalist, unemployed journalist. Ooh, and I was like... Breitbart tried you? Listen, well, like, it was... There the were so Daily many, Beast tried you? Listen, the New York Times. Ooh. Like, you know what I mean? Because, and I remember Bandabu? thinking like... I, I remember <laughs> thinking like, I don't even remember telling y'all that I didn't have a job, but I had said that I had been laid off last year. Yeah. And that's and how they the found story that came. Mm-hmm. Oh. It, well, no, they said that they said that when they interviewed me. I said like, oh, I got laid off and da da da. Oh, yeah. And so, people look for any little hole in your Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they were like out of work journalists, you know, breaks the story. Reemerges. And every narrative around me was that, you know, oh my God, they must be beating down his door to give him a job. And I and I would joke like, Well, I'm looking in the peephole and I don't see nobody. You know right. what I mean? That's often how things happen. Mm-hmm. We've talked to yeah. Jason and I have talked to uh people in music, people mm-hmm. who are actors, and from the outside looking in, it looks like, oh, I know that they probably got offers flying out the Yazoo and they're like, that was No, not the case. bitch, I was at home, yeah. table right. for one, had popcorn and wine for dinner, and exactly. my roommate is out of town because he left yesterday. Yeah. He left today, you know. And so um, it wasn't that at all for me. And, and as much as people were saying that, I was like, I really wish that that, that was the truth. 
Um, but what did end up happening were there were like some small opportunities that came along. The Hollywood Reporter, um, you know, offered to work with me on a show about politics for the rest of the election. Yeah. And then uh, shout out to Amber Payne at uh, NBCBLK at the time. She's at BT.com now. Uh, she was like, you know, if you want to write with us at, at NBCBLK, let me know. I'd love to write, have you write for us. And I was like, okay. And that ended up turning into the podcast that I hosted at the time, coming to NBC News and being a thing there for a year. And so like things like small things happen happened and like right. started to grow so it was like a gradual yeah. growth versus like immediate people thought that it was absolutely. just like boom 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 absolutely slow down and then gradual growth absolutely so, it was like a lot of freelance gigs came because people started following me on twitter that's and they nice. would see that i had something to say so yeah i've, mm-hmm. I've recently tried to uh because you know my tweets can be very on brand for me as far as like my <laughs> comedy my emotions but with news mixed in and now i'm trying to intentionally be more right about the news mm-hmm. um so what is the most challenging i don't know if you want to share this story on the on the show um and i'm not specifically asking you to but i feel Go like ahead. i know how you're going to answer this what's the most challenging um thing that you faced in 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 your career field um i think the most difficult thing for me has been being a freelancer um and most of the people that i know that are That's freelancers not the story i was talking about but Go oh ahead. wait what were you thinking about uh, Florida. Florida, everything that happened at when you you lived in Florida, correct? Yes. And you worked for for ABC Action News. And how did that end? And what and that fallout? And oh yes, like, okay. So that I mean, was but freelancing. Well, the freelancing, actually, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but answer. freelancing was part of that. So like, I I worked at ABC Action News, um, your ABC station in Tampa Bay, and I I got laid off, and like I it was difficult because. <clears throat> they, I had moved there for that job and I didn't know anyone there. And eight months into the job, they laid us all off. They wow. laid off my position across the country. Of course they did. And, uh, right. And Where so was this? this was in 2015. Okay. So like a year, almost a year and a half before <laughs> Melania happened in, in July of 16. And so I remember going through that and like losing that job and they offered me four weeks of severance. And I was like, but I still have four months of rent right. like on this lease. Yeah. And so math. that was exactly, that was really, really difficult. But it also like, it opened up some other things for me because I had just finished decorating my apartment. I have an interior design business on the side and like I, I put my place on Airbnb and they mm. like, would come take pictures of your place. Mm-hmm. I put those photos on Facebook and someone was like, oh, you should come decorate my house. I was like, would you give me money for that? And they were like, yeah, yeah. that started the business. But like the most difficult thing for me has been being a freelancer. I don't know if that's the story you were talking about specifically. But yeah, like, go ahead. I'm I'm gonna let you draw the boat. <laughs> but but um but being a freelancer, uh, most of the people that I know that are freelancers in journalism did not like set out to be freelancers in journalism, right? I know yeah. I did. It, it came from being either laid off or you know someone asking you to work on something and things went well and then they right. didn't or something like that. And so being a freelancer has been difficult because I feel like... Or are you too qualified? At, well, you're overqualified or you're not qualified the right way or your mm-hmm. your, your resume is too diverse and not specific right enough. And that and like I think every freelancer that I know can relate to like the struggle of I did this work, I turned it in on time and where's my money? Right. And like... Invoices. I would say 98% of the places that I've written, I've had to follow up with a bitch about my money. Mm. Like 98%. I can think of one outlet. Wow. One outlet that I did not have to say like, but where is my money though? And that's so common though. Like, that's have, the I'm, hardest part. I've seen I people say, like, I owed $10,000 in invoices. I'm I say like, I'm not a freelancer. I'm a professional invoice chaser. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That's, that's a separate my job. Life. Circling back mm-hmm. and revisiting just, this. Just and following I mean, up on this. I love going in person. Oh, yes. I bump Listen. all of that email communication and phone call. <laughs> hey, Mark. How's it going? So good to see you. So listen. 
that kind of shit like that gets old you know and so and the difficult part of it is also that my parents have jobs that they've been in for decades yeah and like they have no perspective on like what this life is like same both of my parents are educators and this is very new my dad worked at the power (laughs) company since the year before i was born and he just retired and so like he doesn't know what it's like to have to like send an invoice and wait 45 Mm -hmm. days to get paid and then follow up on day 46 and they're telling you they don't know when they're paying you you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like um, our parents if their direct deposit doesn't go through on thursday evening they're at hr on friday morning yeah you know what i'm saying so i think that's the most exactly right like (laughs) so i think that's the most difficult thing for me career-wise has been being a freelancer and there's no rhyme or reason because people will get uh, i think i might have talked about this on the show but uh i have friends that are dancers and it appears to be even worse with them um when it comes to hunting down their mm, money because really? they get way more frequent threats of blacklisting like i did i did the show with you for ellen for example yeah. where is my y'all told me da, 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 and it's like you ask again you're out of it Okay. Type thing, yeah. Yeah. People, it's, well, it's and just, I, and also like that proximity to like famous people, like you, they'll see you in a photo with X person that was on a panel oh, or whatever, yeah. or that you interviewed them or whatever, and I think that gives them this idea that you're living this rich high life sometimes. Yeah. And people at home, I <laughs> like think, I do I'm, my own hair and makeup. People, exactly. You know what I mean? I just like, know what I'm doing. Yeah. But there is my glam squad are my, is my right hand and my left hand. Right. Listen, and they beat me. <laughs> they beat this mug and they get this yes. hair done. Right. And like yes. I think there's this idea of oh you live in LA oh you work in this yeah. business that you must be living X kind of life and like some of the things that you assume are true and a lot of the things that you assume are not I'm the famous family member so I get it exactly but yeah. guess exactly. what the rest will do it's, it's through visibility <laughs> so yeah, the more so. visible you are to people the more people asso- people people associate fame with money Coin. people assume, uh, associate the blue check with money that is true like and I've been verified not... on Twitter for three years now or something like that like that hasn't really gotten me anything other than like social media clout. Yeah. And, and I have not, not ever paid my rent with social media clout. And that's not the case. Just because Monopoly I'm visible money. doesn't mean that I'm coined. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you may yeah. see me. I, I totally feel you on that. Well, Jared, we want to thank Yet. you for joining us. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really proud of you. Before thank we get you. out of here, we're going to do the KAT kudos and then we're going to get out of here. Let's so do it. Let's put a good show. hang in there, guys. All right, time for the kiss and tell kudos. All right, so for the KAT kudos, it goes to one of my favorite, 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 favorite new artists that just hit the scene. I was introduced to her through actually the Friend Zone podcast. I believe that they interviewed her a few years back. Um, but it wasn't until I saw her live this year, I'm ashamed to say, it was not until I saw her live that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. gotta go, gotta go purchase and support. Ari V. Lennox. And, and since then, I should say that I've fallen in love with her personality. Like, I follow her. She's great. She's funny. So, I'm not sure what inspired these series of tweets. But Ari, my KAT kudos goes out to you this week, sis. Because she laid into her... Um, and two people who were homophobic and transphobic mm-hmm. in an epic Twitter thread that started. I think the first tweet was, I can't stand people who are homophobic and transphobic. Go off. Um, a direct quote says, please, if you don't support the LGBTQ community, you don't support me. You don't support my family and the people I love. So all you delusional, fake religious, self-righteous weirdos, unfollow and unsubscribe. Go in. Like simply, fuck you. <laughs> to be gay is beautiful. It is natural. One doesn't have to experience trauma to be gay yes i believe people are born that way um 
and that's just that's just that's just like a little little tap into it. She, she went, went all the yeah. way the fuck off. Oh, she went in. I'm Do trying you have to the f- one that's up where she's about the agenda. Like we've been living in the straight agenda for X amount of years. No, I mean it was a literally yeah, a she, series. She went off. She said something like, "We've been living in the straight agenda for so many years, and you got a, a couple um, years of something oh, different." I think this might be it. I have family members that didn't show up to my own sister's wedding because she married a woman. You can't support your own flesh and blood because of years of unhealthy conditioning from religion and media. People really live their short lives in a mental prison. So Ooh. she was not playing. People be so trapped in this mental prison and don't mm-hmm. even see they're living a lie following rules that are made up by man. People were born gay from the beginning of time and will continue to be gay long after we're gone. So that's just that's just a little taste. We dipped our the KAT toe in the pond yeah. for Ari's tweets. They're wow. up for you. I'm, BuzzFeed has, I'm sure, grabbed the tweets. I'm sure there's created, an article somewhere now. Right, yeah. Created a, a thread and I just, I really love when people, I think it's Travell who coined, he was on Kiss and Tell last year mm-hmm. and Travell was the first and person the to say, uh, don't be an ally be an accomplice mm. and Ari shook the damn table listen because so yes it. and yeah uh, watch her latest music video BMO it stands for break me off mm-hmm. watch that for clear skin break me yeah and check out yes and check out her <laughs> latest album which is Shea Butter Baby um, she's just she's a phenomenal talent her, her music funny. her music and her vibe reminds reminds me a bit of Erica Badu but more at a faster pace. Okay. Not everything's like, you know, a lofty, you know, mm-hmm. I feel let me, for not let me spark the weed ballot. You don't know her? I don't. When oh. you when you go home today, <laughs> pull up. I think that you would enjoy Ari Lennox. I, I, I'm realizing I saw someone like uh, shared a meme of like all of like the R&B folks right now in a yearbook photo. And she was uh, on that. And I was like, oh, I don't know that name. Yeah. Get into her. Okay. I'm Get into, into her. I didn't. Re- I didn't start getting into her, so I actually watched an interview. And I was like, oh, she's funny as fuck. And then I started listening yeah, to her music. Funny. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I like I said, I, like a, I saw her live, and that's yeah. what sold me because I was like, wow, the vocal is there. Okay. Mm-hmm. I say. Well, thank you, Ari, for being an, an accomplice. Well, yes. yes. Uh, we've been in here for, again, what seems like another two hour show. Oh, my gosh. Low you key. Channel Q people are so talkative. We had Ryan <laughs> last week. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, that's because we have long shows, girl. Yeah, got, but you also have music to, breaks. We do. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Yeah, run our mouth for um, two hours. So, yes, Jared, again, thank you for uh, joining us for this week's uh, KAT. It's Beyonce week. The view's back. It's just, it's serendipitous it's for, that for great, people it's like that us. It's that great couple of weeks where all the new sh- Oprah the made an announcement. Start coming back this this couple of like yeah, three yeah, weeks yeah, right yeah, And yeah. Apple's coming out with, on September 10th. Yeah. The big Apple event. This is the best time of the year. Like September is the most wonderful time of the year. Well, Jarrett, before we get out of here, tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Yes, you can find me everywhere at Jarrett Hill. Uh, My name is J A R R E T T. So at Jarrett Hill on Twitter. Because there is a Jared Hill. Yes, actually, no. Who's also a journalist. He went across. He was across the street at Morehouse when I was at Clark Atlanta. We see each other every year. Oh. We see each other every year at NABJ, and we always joke about having the same. Jared and Jarrett. Because I think he also got bombarded when. Oh. Thank God I'm sharp. Ourselves, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Rachel Ray and Rachel Roy, but yeah, Jared, oh, Jared Hill. Shout out to the happy birthday, Beyonce. exactly. Yes, Jared shout Hill. out to the high, Jared Hill with a D. He's a great guy. He's very like fun and cool and handsome. He's a uh, he's a an anchor and and I can't remember what's Willa Coochie. No, Ooh. he's he's an anchor. He's a great anchor and in, uh, in, in another sounds city, so. warm. All right, yeah. it is. Well, but I'm Jared. Two R's, two T's. All right, and you can find Jace everywhere at Jace Barron, Woo-hoo. and you can find me everywhere at Char says. So until next week, I love us for real. Bye, y'all. De-